Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Post-Packs Co-Optional Podcast. Are any of us sick? No, I'm not sick yet. But yeah, now that we've talked about good. it, we're all going to get sick, so thank you. I ain't said shit! No. No, you haven't. That is true. I'll give you that. Great. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I How asked, are we all doing, guys? Uh, pretty good. Not not Pax Pox, thankfully, by the looks of it. We're all pretty much yeah. not so much immune to it, but we sanitized a lot. Like we went oh. through several bottles of sanitizer each. I think. Yeah. Thank God you were sitting next to me when we were doing the signing, because I always forget. And you were like, every few people, you were just squirting yeah. shit Sanitize, <laughs> sanitize, always. Yeah, it's probably sanitized. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And we just, uh, I managed to drop my pocket sanitizer somewhere in the hallway on the way to the place where I really needed it, which yeah. was the signing. Uh, but thankfully, the, the PAX enforcers, enforcers? Wow. What, what's an mm. that I mean, that's a cat enforcer, an enforcer, if you weren't already aware of that. Oh, stop. There you go. There's a, we need a, that generalissimo cat from uh, the Behemoth booth. Uh, it can be our cat in Porsa. But mm -hmm. we went to the signing line and then realized, oh, we don't have any hand sanitizer. So the the enforcers got us a big bottle of it. We just threw it around. Quite literally, it's like, all right, use so it, toss it to Crendor. Yeah. I'm so happy that we now have that sort of a, a culture inside of conventions. Where it's like, you go to the Twitch booth, and they're partly sponsored by Old Spice, and there's deodorant everywhere. Yeah. And you go to other booths, and they have, like, sanitizer and sanitizer. And yeah, just baby like, wipes. <laughs> Absolutely. The... Everybody's, everybody's, trying, everybody's trying to make it so that being down there surrounded by millions of people is... It's fine. Yeah, it's because good. they're sick of getting sick, and I don't blame them. You know, PAX is a nightmare for that. And let's be honest, day three of PAX is usually like Smell City, USA. Yeah. It's like, that's a, what a unique and interesting culture of smells we've discovered in the Expo <laughs> Hall. That wasn't really true this time. Like, I don't know, maybe I, I was staying out of the way of people that do smell, I guess. But I didn't have any problems on the floor with people that just stank or anything like that so our yeah. fans smell wonderful they do there were yeah, no smelly fans. fans no smelly fans I had no bad hugs and i'm a person whose face is always at armpit height and i was also <laughs> so it's you know it's a sign of the times we're doing good guys i did hear that several people got pink eye from the vr demos no yes <laughs> yep so I guess oh, they were not sorry. cleaning those properly. So that I'm glad no one, I'm glad we didn't do that. <laughs> oh my god! And I kept saying all weekend too. I was like, man, I really want to do some VR stuff, but I'm probably not going to have. Thank God! Thank God I did. Yeah, yeah. Some people ended up with pink eye. Those there were photos on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Like I, I don't know how they managed that. I don't know, but they did. And that vol. Whatever volunteer was at those booths, and they were like, literally, your only job is to clean these. And he was like, whatever. Just didn't that do it. kid gave everyone pink eye. You should feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah. It happened. Jesse, welcome to the show. 
Would you like Hi. to contribute in some way? Hello. Would I? Uh, not really. Am okay. I? Sure. Right. Um, yeah. No, Are I you don't... still opening packs? Is that why? No. Oh, my God. No. Unlike some people. Uh, I got 150 to go, man. I've still got a, I've got a lot more ways to go. I had, four, I had 40 that I pre-ordered, and I got three for free, and I opened them all and made a video where I'm like, Look at the synergies! Oh! And it's... <laughs> You don't even play that game. You got to put that video out anyway. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about in it. I know that there's a lot of technical jokes and how it's. I can't wait to play. Yeah. Because it, eyeball blows up. It weirds me out. It does. Like, yeah. Open a pack. TV, blows up an eyeball. Because you were like opening them so fast, just like open. All right, cool. Open. All right, cool. It, I was just watching this fucking eyeball blow up over and over and over again, and I was like, this is weirding me out. I don't like this. Yeah, I don't. I opened it. Was like, cool. All right. Well, those sure are cards <laughs> you've got there. Up playing, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I got back from PAX and literally have done nothing. I oh oh, never mind. I can't say I've done nothing. I got obsessed last night. I discovered that um, in patch two point four one of Diablo, there's a new item called called Cosmic Wings. That's like space butterfly wings. I was like, I fucking need those. <laughs> And so I, logged, I logged in last night and looked around for like three hours only to realize that patch 2.41 doesn't come out until right now. <laughs> so I, was, I was just caught up in the moment and lured a bunch of a bunch of very nice people to help me and we <laughs> found nothing. But I do know where to get it now, so at least I know like where to go. But oh my god, it was <laughs> it was an adventure. So I wasted a lot of time last night. You That's know, I have a, I have a similar story in that regard. So uh, last night, I saw, I looked through a couple of the reviews of the new PS4 game, Alienation, which is by the guys that made, I think, Dead Nation. And apparently, it's, like, super cool, like, got 90s, hundreds all around. It's like, oh, this is amazing. Like, Great. Finally, something to play on my PlayStation. So, I boot my PlayStation. Something, because I haven't turned this thing on in months. Something's gone horribly wrong with it. And it forgot our account details. So, like, okay cool i know what it is i'm just gonna log back into our psn account because it's jenna's psn account we've had it for like 10 years through like right. two playstation 3s a couple of vitas and ps4 it's like all right this will be easy no uh, it turns out the email is not valid so i'm like what of course, it's not yeah. valid that doesn't make any sense so i was trying to figure out how exactly to log in couldn't do it tried every combination of passwords and usernames i knew couldn't do it so i'm like fuck it uh reset password no emails. Nothing. When I try to reset it to the email address, which I'm almost 100% convinced that account used to be under, it says not a valid email address. So like, this this is weird. So I, all right, I've got to go to Sony support then. So I go to Sony support and I come across a fellow who's like, like hi, I am German. Uh, and it's like, that's my name. That's his actual name. Like, he's not actually German. He's speaking English, but his, for some reason his username wait, his is name German. His German? German, yes. Which Germain, is maybe? Germain? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure they spelled it German. I can double check. I actually took a screenshot of this conversation because he was colossally useless. So... <laughs> they were like, I'm German. What the hell was that uh, alarm going off there? That was strange. Huh. Uh, did you- anyone else hear an alarm? No? No. Am I hallucinating? making German jokes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so his, his name was German. And he's like, hi, how can I help you today? Blah, blah, blah. I've, and, you know, I gave him the information. It's like, uh, no, this email is not valid. Uh, do you have the serial number of the console you created this account on? Like, that was 10 years ago. No, I don't. Because that we don't have that PlayStation anymore. So, I was like, okay. 
So I gave him the one for my current PS3 because I'm like, that's the oldest console I've got that I still have. It's like, no, that won't help either. It's like, do you uh, know what uh, the payment method associated with your account was? I'm like, yeah, I do, because I have in my email right here, associated with that email address, which you say is invalid, a bunch of receipts for PlayStation Network, which is like Helldivers and all this other stuff from last year that I bought. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can give you those numbers because they're right here in front of me. So I put, give him the numbers. And his response is, Unfortunately, we need to be professional and make sure our accounts are secure by verifying ownership. If there are no other questions, I will disconnect this chat. I'm like, N what? I, I just gave what? you... I just gave you the card numbers, I just gave you the order numbers and the exact dates and amounts that were spent. I just gave you that. And he's like, I'm sorry, but I will disconnect the chat now. Have a great day, thanks for chatting with us at the end of the chat. This was after Wait, 20 what? minutes of waiting in queue. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I was like, what the shit? And like, I was hoping it would bring up a survey so I give this guy all the fucking ones and say, let me speak to your fucking manager. Uh, so that doesn't help. So I call, I call back in another queue for 20 minutes. I eventually get someone who can actually help me. Uh, and I, t I explained to him what just happened. He's like, whoa, okay, let me see what I can do. Uh, and he found, you know, he found what it was. For some reason, they'd managed to reset our email address back to the original email address of the account, which was one that we didn't even know we still had. Like, we, did, we hadn't used this email address in, like, six years. But we were able to get back into that email, get a password reset to that, reset the account, get access to it again, and then change it back to what it was. So it's like, uh, German, if you're out there, go fuck yourself. You are <laughs> terrible at your job. Holy shit. Sorry, if I we could need have given to be you a professional. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's like, yeah, I if I could give you a one star and shout at you, I would. Because you were shit. But the um, other guy, who I think was a meal or whatever, you're awesome. Thank you. So yeah, that, that was my, that was my, oh, oh and uh, here's the cherry on top of the story, because you're wondering what is the, the fuck has this got to do with anything that Jesse just said. Alienation <laughs> is now, yeah. I figured that was going to be the punchline. Yeah, was like, after, after over of an story, hour of that, alienation is isn't out. fucking even out yet anyway, so I can't buy it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that maybe German knew and he was like, There's just don't just don't worry yourself about this. Yeah, I'm gonna disconnect the call. I'm gonna be a professional. Yeah. Um Yeah. My last bit of technical support issues was with fucking Hamachi. Oh um, my uh. <laughs> yeah, because we were trying I haven't used Hamachi in Oh god, I've used it like eight years. We used to used to play Warcraft three, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I was trying to use it. There's a program called DrawPile that allows multiple people to all draw on the same canvas together. And uh, so my animator, Danny, and I were going to use DrawPile to, like, doodle on the same canvas as part sure. of the stream because it was yeah. the last day that we were selling the shirt. And he was like, yeah, the only way I know how to do it is with Hamachi. And I was like, all right, I'll, yeah, we use Hamachi. That's fine. So Hamachi now makes it so that you have to associate it with an account. You can't just, like, use it as a guest account anymore. So I was like, that's fine. I have a Hamachi account. So I log in and it's like, cool, that's definitely your email address and password, but we're going to send you an email, like a verification email since we've changed everything over. And I was like, cool. Email just like never shows up ever. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I tried putting in a different password. Email shows up to tell me somebody tried to log into your account with the wrong password. That email shows up, but the email that allows me to actually use Hamachi never shows up. Fuck so I can't mate. even use their fucking program. And I was ranting about this on my stream. And there's a girl 
who's in my chat fairly often who was like, I, I work for Hamachi. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. And so I'm like, this piece of shit program, fuck. And she's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you did. I think um, the better program is probably Tungle for that. Um, Hamachi is. Tungle? Tungle, yeah. Tungle, yeah. Tungle? Tungle. Uh, T O is it T O U N T U N N G L E I think U N N G L E that yeah. is what it is I think it's Tungle yeah there it is the Global Land Gaming Network yeah it's that one's kind of like surpassed Hamachi I think yeah. Hamachi is has been shitty for a long time I think it got bought by a company and then it got turned to shit I don't know what happened with it, it used to be good God damn it Crender two Krender just legendaries in a row fuck that me. guy fuck him. <laughs> Screw him. I'm gonna single shit. one of those yet. I want to get a golden Deathwing, like Lord of Dragons or whatever, because that is probably amazing. That's the single best piece of art in the expansion, in my opinion. How many new cards are there to I get? It's got like 150, I think. But as usual, it's like you get all the cards really fast, and then you've got to like get your legendaries probably by dusting everything else or whatever. Right. So there's that, yeah. But yeah, we're back from that. That was good. Uh, we had a very fun Game of Thrones and Donkey viewing party, which you missed out on. I did miss out on that, yeah. You did, yep. We all gathered um, at our hotel and watched Game of Thrones. We just, we just wanted to be part of Vape Nation. We we were part, Vape yeah. Vape Nation. <laughs> Everyone got to watch the Vape Nation video that didn't understand what the fuck was going on. So we did that. And we were, because what we were doing is uh, we weren't 100% sure whether or not Game of Thrones would be on the HBO Now service at the same time as it was going live on HBO? And the answer is no, it wasn't. Uh, but as a few sites had said it would be, and a few sites said it wasn't. So like, okay, fuck. Uh, right, so we're eating pizza, just like chilling. It's like, so I load up the YouTube app on the Amazon Fire TV stick, which by the fucking way, is the fucking best hotel gadget ever. Yeah. It's like, turn any shitty hotel TV into something that watches Netflix and Hulu and everything. Just plug it in, and you get a little voice remote, and you just go. So it's great. I've always wondered if, because I have a Google Chromecast. Chromecast? Yeah, that would do it. And I, yeah, is it the... Would they? I'm wondering which one would be easier. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, what I will say is that the uh, that one comes with the remote, and it's got the voice thing, which sometimes oh, nice. works. Alexa! So, Alexa! Yep. Alexa! Play donkeys videos, and I, which it failed to do. But so we got bored uh, before that. So we just loaded up YouTube. It's like, all right, who should we watch? Who's funny? So we watched Vape Nation, and then we watched him do the game H three uh, do the gamer gunk video, which was funny. And then we watched Donkey play Dark Souls for a while, which was um, fucking hilarious. I also believe that you had fine, 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 fine. Oh God, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> That was after Game of Thrones, uh, where Jesse insisted that we watch the fucking 28-minute kazoo video. I was surprised video. no one had seen it yet. I was like, you need to watch all of this. <laughs> Did oh you show God. them? I assume you showed them the trap version. Of yeah, course. we've seen the trap of version. Yeah. Of course, of course, good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we watched, um, I think we, I don't think we got to the end of it, but we watched a lot of it. I made them watch up to the part where the little boy asked you to go to his secret. He's like, hey, I want to show, I want to tell you this. <laughs> Yes, in the corner, the little private area. After the man's like, "I'm the spirit of mischief," or whatever, it's like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Yes, that video the whole is video is such a creep fest. It's really, it's, it's just, it's the awkward silences that get me on that video. Oh, it's like, what? Please talk. Like, fill this silence. Fill this void with something meaningful. 
<laughs> but it oh god that yeah so there's a little vine you can find on Crendor's twitter of of us all well me i'm not i'm my head is in my hands of waving our goddamn flashlights around <laughs> yeah that was our exciting party i i don't think uh we, we didn't go to too many i mean i went to no parties at all because i fucking hate pax parties but i know you went to the twitch party dodger how was that i did it was fun it was fun because that building is like it's it's one of those it's like a tardis you walk in and you're like okay so here's here's the room and then somebody's like oh but there's a back room and then you go into the back room and you're like oh okay so there's like two rooms and then somebody else is like but have you seen the billiards room? And you're like, what? The billiards <laughs> like, room? Is this fucking like, Cluedo? It like, it like there's stairs hidden somewhere. It's it's weird. That place goes on forever. So like anytime you're in one room and then more and more people keep filtering in, you can be like, is there an even f- further back room? Oh, there is. Oh, great. And then you go there. <laughs> is Colonel Mustard hiding in the billiards room with the candlestick? I have to ask. Always. I was just excited that there was food. Yes. No, so, because I was starving and I was like, they never have food at these things, but they had food. It was great. That is that is rare. I can't go to Twitch parties. Why not? Everyone there's like twelve years old and I feel so <laughs> yeah. fucking old. I walk I swear to God, I like every time I'm like, Yeah, let's do this, I walk in and I'm like, Well, I'm an I'm old exhausted. Man. <laughs> yeah, like everyone here is like barely seventeen. They're like, Yeah, alcohol and I'm like <laughs> It's like one, you shouldn't be having this. Two, fuck. No, you're obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, they're old enough to drink, but they all are like the most hyper. Like, oh. yeah. That's like when you go to the back room, Jesse. That's when you go to the back back. Room. Yeah, that's oh, where you oh, find oh. the real streamers that are just lazy and want to chill. Streamers start uh, swinging from Ethernet cables. No names. That's when you go to a different room. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Can't do parties anymore. Every time I go to, I went to, uh, I went to the Gearbox party because I, people wanted to go, and I was with people. So yeah, you were you were peer pressured into. Wasn't that after Fogo de Chao? Yeah, after I was totally. I was totally feast. peer pressured yeah. to that one. Um, yeah, and it was like I wanted to play the game, but there was a forty-minute demo. So I didn't get to, I, you know, so I wasn't playing video games. Wait, what? The Gearbox? Wasn't that Battleborn? Can you just play yeah, it at yeah, home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I was like, I want to play. Look, I was trying to avoid not doing anything. Ah, okay. You had to avoid having to talk to people. I understand. Yeah. Yes. And that, and so then that was 40 minutes and there was like a line of like 12 people. So I was like, all right, well, that's longer than I'm willing to stay. And <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I sat around and just talked. And I was like, shit, I can do that at home. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, and it was it was a real real treat, real treat. And then I went to bed. Yeah, <laughs> that's like pretty much it. I think this is my last convention until Anime Expo, and I'm really jazzed about that. Like Pax East was really fun, but I am jazzed to just hang until Anime Expo. Mm, I've got MomoCon in a few weeks down in Atlanta. I think that's going to be that's fun. Momo PeachCon? What's PeachCon? What is that? What, what I didn't say PeachCon. Because Momo is peach in Japanese. Oh, is that why they call it that? Are you going to an anime convention? Ah, Are you going to PeachCon? No, it's not an anime convention. There is some anime at it, but it's uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Animation, Gaming, and Comic Con, basically. Uh, MomoCon. I had no idea why it was called MomoCon. I now understand. And yes, there is a peach in the logo. That does make sense. (laughs) Okay, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, there were... 
they were inviting various people to do panels. Uh, so they've got animation guys, uh, some anime voice actors. I know Matt Mercer and Steve Blum are going to be there. Uh, video games guests, so that's Steve Blum again and Nolan North. And then online personalities is apparently what we are. So Nostalgia Critic's there, DJ Wheat's there, uh, Little Kurobo's there. I'm there, Mathis is there, Super Best Friends there, and a few others. So I think I'm just there to do two panels and just chill. Um, my badge this year at PAX was like a totally new kind of badge. You mean you mean con? The content creator content badge. Creator badge. So I weird. I got a media pass and I'm very glad I did because apparently content creator badge caused problems for some people for access. Well, yeah, because the enforcers don't know what it means because it's like a totally new badge and it's not clear oh. like, where you're supposed to be able to go or what you're supposed to be able to do. So like we were told, I was handed this badge and I was like, what is this? Like, what can I do with this badge that's different from just a normal badge? And they're like, oh, well, you should be able to treat it like a media badge. You just can't use the media rooms because, you know, they're not expecting Yeah, to, they, like, they deliberately kept content creators out of the media room, which is very odd because <laughs> if you're an actual content creator creating content, you do need like access at, to the media yeah. room to upload things. That's what I was saying, because I was like, well, I, I get that you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, these aren't people who are going to be writing articles right now, but it's like, but there is, but you would be working on stuff well, if you're making videos Yeah, I mean, people realize you can actually do that. I oh. had the exact opposite experience. <laughs> <laughs> It was great for me. Content, the, the con badge, when I had it, uh, going through the indie area, I was literally stopped every five minutes by devs like, here, here's a code. Play mm. our game when you get home. I was like, so I don't have to stand in line? I love you so much. Yes, that was, it was the best. And it saved a ton of time because media was like, all right, here's my appointment. And content right. was like, here, just, you can play this at home. And I have like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I got that as well. It's just that happened to set the appointments up anyway. So, I mean, it's like, for the, I, I did a little round uh, on the third day of like, hey, guys, I'm sorry I couldn't fit you on the schedule because we were jammed in like two weeks ago. Uh, so, can you give me a build? And then they just give me a build. Uh, but I know the, there was, say, this year getting a media badge was trickier. Like, they said they'd literally revoke your media badge if you weren't creating. Like, if you weren't seen to be actually creating meaningful content, it's like, you can't have a media badge if all you do is tour the floor and then do an end-of-day roundup-like video or article. Like, you oh, had to really? actually... Yeah, basically, they, they said... working constantly. Yeah, they're going to actually be checking, apparently, uh, based, on, uh, based on what you did this year as to whether or not to give you that badge next year based on how much content you made. Because apparently Whoa. too... Too many people have been applying for media that are not fucking media at all and just said, oh, I'll totally, I'll do stuff and then just do like a two minute end of uh, PAX roundup video and that's how they got their media badge. So apparently they've Today been cracking. pretty cool. Did yeah. Stuff on the show floor. They've been cracking yeah, down on that. friends, had some drinks, played a game and... Uh... Shout out to Oculus <laughs> and uh, DX, uh, DX Racer. Shout out to Rift video. for sending me out here. Uh... Yeah. Shout out, to, shout out to Gunner Glasses. They protect me from Oculus Pink Eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. It's, it's, I mean, and I'm fine with them doing that. Uh, it's an or me, I don't know if media got you through the Skybridge entrance, which is supposed to be exhibitors only, but it did for us, which was great because on day two and three it was nice and easy. I, I, I do. I literally must have like the the face that you've got the touch. You've got the power. Like, people must not give a shit. I must be the least threatening human being that ever lived. Like, 
every time I'd walk in, we walked in the exhibitor entrance. They're just like, yeah, come on in, whatever. I was like, all right. I was able to do that with my badge. Nice. Too. Oh, yeah. Cool that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you can get the badge, then do it. You know, there, there was really no benefit to media entrance other than that. You got that hour on day one before everyone else came in, and that was it. You know, the which gave me enough time to play year, Elder Scrolls, which is good. That first hour, usually everyone set up. Nope. I couldn't get anything done because most of the places I went to go visit, they were like, we're still we're not ready up. yet. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right then. Yeah, I hit up Bethesda and one other thing during the media hour that I wasn't planning on doing. Uh, so that was good. And that was before all of the lines came. Because I didn't have a Bethesda appointment, so I, but I just got to walk right in and play Elder Scrolls Legends. Which was actually uh, pretty cool. Uh, did you get? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse, did you play that? I got to watch a dude play because the line was, was ridiculous. By the time I got there, I was like, well, I guess I'll watch him. I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm just going to glance over somebody's shoulder. Yeah. yeah, I could go play the demo, but uh, or not the demo, but like the tutorial. But I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to watch a dude play. So I just watched a guy play instead. What it was your impression cool. of that? I mean, it looks like a cool game. Uh, it, out of all the games that I was like, oh boy, here we go, another Hearthstone. It's the least Hearthstoney. It's yeah, game it's that not that Hearthstoney it actually yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like Hearthstone at all, which is no, nice. No, it doesn't. Uh, it's I I got to play a good amount of it. I've got uh, the problem is like the, it's weird because the game looks really good and very well polished, but they weren't allowing capture. It's like we'll get B real to you. So apparently, I'm getting B real today supposedly, so I can actually make my video. Uh, hopefully they do that, but I can tell you what I played of it. I played like a few matches and I, I, I went through the tutorial and the the immediate thing that I noticed, which is completely different to something like Hearthstone, is that the game has two lanes. So it's got a left lane and a right lane and you play cards in either the left lane or the right lane. And if you play a card in the left lane, it can only hit other cards that are in the left lane. Interesting. Uh, so you've got to worry, so if you, if you pile all these, I think AoEs probably work the same way as well. They only affect one lane or the other so if you pile too many cards into one lane they can get aoe'd but if you uh don't have enough cards in one lane someone can like rush the cards onto that lane it's like oh i've got four dudes i'm going to attack and you only have one dude to defend you fucked and all that kind of thing As that's the major difference uh in terms of mechanics there's also a nice little feature where you can take an item into the uh into the match in the case of the demo they give you a mana potion which can be used up to three times and what that'll do is you use it and it temporarily gives you plus one mana for that turn. So what you can do is you can play, if you get like stuck and like, shit, I have not got a card in my hand that I can afford, you can use one of your mana potions, which will give you a temporary buff, and then you might be able to play a card that turn. So it keeps the pace going, which is good. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. And uh, there, was, there was a couple of other mechanics. There's, a, there's this rune mechanic. So every five damage you take... It destroys one of your runes or something. And this is a kind of weird one. And when you when it happens, it draws a card. Now, if that card on it says prophecy on it, you get to play that card for free. So it's like a catch-up mechanic. Mm. It it was really it took me a while to like kinda get a, a gist of what that was. And it was still a little bit unclear. But I think that the point is to prevent your opponent from snowballing you really hard. And also to give you a card draw mechanic. And again, if you draw it and it says Prophecy, then you get to play it for free. So that's a major tempo swing back in your favor. Uh, the, the Yeah, I mean, that's basically how it works. Otherwise, it's kind of like Hearthstone. You get a mana every turn and all that kind of thing. You play cards. Uh, you can... Uh, you can attack minions or you can attack face. You can't attack if they have guard. 
you know, same same thing like Taunt, but of course it's based on the lane, so if you have a guy with guard in the right lane, but your dude's on the left lane, then you can just get past him, no problem. There's also the Khajiit. All of the Khajiit have a pilfer mechanic, so they all steal. Right. So every and every time you hit the en uh, if you hit an enemy with a card that says pilfer on it, you gain an effect. So I had one that's like you hit the enemy, you get plus three plus three stats, or you hit the enemy and what? you steal a mana crystal or whatever. So I thought that was neat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is really powerful. I think they're they're mostly designed to, um, to to let you like sneak through the other lane. Basically, if if the enemy over defends one lane, then you just you put a Khajiit through the other and steal from them, which I thought was kind of neat. I'll also say that. It's a very, very nicely presented game. The art's really good, and the spell effects are better than Hearthstone, actually by a significant margin. There was a, we used a, a fireball effect, and it just, because the back is like a scroll, Elder Scrolls, obviously, it just burnt the scroll, like, oh, underneath cool. the cards, and then it's like, hmm, that's really good. So, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not big onto the theme, because I'm not hugely into Elder Scrolls, but I think as a card game, it's pretty fun, actually. It, I think it's got quite a bit going for it. Uh, so, we'll see how that. it goes. Because Elder Scrolls Online oof, did not do very well. So, I no. was like, if their card game also doesn't do very well, or isn't very interesting, they're so hosed. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see what your, like, hands-on, like, actual video will like be even though mm. you aren't like showing footage that you played because i just want to go look up more information on like you were talking about the spells because i want to see what heroes you could be right yeah because uh, I'm, I'm i actually kind of like the lore of elder scroll so i want to see who you could be and like the first thing literally that pops up is like one it's not a hearthstone killer two it's brown clunky and a cash in and i'm like damn that's not in Lord. any way true like i don't know which <laughs> jackass wrote that but that's not true at all you know. That's the first two things I see. I'm like, is it is that just a YouTube comment or did some journo actually write that shit? No, I typed in Elder Scrolls card game, and and Destructoid is the first one that says Legends is a brown clunky cash in of a card. All game. right, well, I mean, Destructoid literally have no talent on their staff anyway, so that's probably got something to do with it. <laughs> um, I mean, they are a bunch of fucking idiots, so you know they'll no doubt shut down within the next year, and we'll all be happier for it. Uh, but outside of that, like, it's not in any way a cash in at all. It's not. That's similar to Hearthstone. It's clearly got a lot of different mechanics. Oh, you know. God. And it's got great card art. It's like, it's brown. Yeah, because the background is paper. Of course, it's brown. Oh, here's, here's the best part. So I'm looking through these, these videos now, finally. Everyone commenting. Er, 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 all these articles, sorry. All these articles, all the, the written articles are literally referring to the video, not actual gameplay. So all these people just saw a YouTube video and were like, this looks like garbage. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, welcome to the internet. You know, there's a reason we have our jobs and they, those people don't have our jobs because we know what the fuck we're talking about and they bitch based on watching a 90-second YouTube video, you know? We get to go to PAX to play those games and then we can tell you whether or not they're any good as opposed to judge it by some fucking little trailer. But it's like, no, if, if you look at, tell, look at that card art and tell me that that's brown and dull. Uh, fuck you. Like, there's no way that's even right. I, you've got- you see what you got me do? You've got me defending Elder Scrolls. I don't even like Elder Scrolls, and you're still wrong. Fuck off. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you know, this card art right here, let me just uh, up the resolution here so it'll look a little uh, better for you. This is nice card art. Like, this is good card art. You can see all of the stuff right here. I was like, alright, and you get to pick a class, which will have these different abilities and things like that. Um, and it's like, oh, it's brown. Yeah, the background is brown. Literally everything else isn't. You know? So it's like, come on. Fuck you. Like, 
I mean, I, I'm pretty sure places like Destructo just write that shit to get clicks these days because nobody gives a fuck about their opinion otherwise. But hey, there you go. Yeah, so I liked it. I'll I'll come up with a video in the next few days. You know, it's the ultimately the problem with like making a card game at the moment is that Hearthstone is so big that actually getting any people to play another game at all is difficult. Right. So we'll see because there's so many of them. Fuck, like um the RuneScape card game is in open beta right now. Uh, Force was telling me, although he was sponsored to, it? that it's actually good. It's, like, really unique. I, I did watch someone stream it. I think it was either Crip or someone was streaming it. And you see your opponent across the table, which I thought was pretty cool, in this constant pose of, hmm. I was like, all right. That's oh, kind of neat. Yeah, so it's it, not it, distracting? That seems like it would be. Kind of. I mean, they've gone down the whole, we want to make it look like an actual game that you would play in the MMO thing. Like, we want to go for the immersion factor. So there was right. an element of that. Apparently, there's also an element of strategy and things involved in it, um, as opposed to just playing cards. So I'm going to try it at some point. Like, I don't give a fuck about RuneScape, but I do care about interesting games. But again, will that game even survive? Hex just came out. Faria is coming out. Duelist mm -hmm. just came out of beta. Star although... Wars one's coming, which is going to try. Oh, there's a Star Wars one as well. Fucking hell. Oh, Jesus. From, from, yeah, EA last year was like, the Star Wars card game. Oh, yeah, no. That. If that's anything like uh, Galaxy of Heroes, that's going to be a total ripoff. Uh, <laughs> probably, but. probably. But, but Star Wars. But yeah. it's Star Wars, TV. Which, you know, I just hope it's not a Hearthstone clone. You know, we I don't want to play another Hearthstone game. You know, I want to play something that's different. Well, it seems like, at least based on, you know, the two that we've talked about today, Legends and the RuneScape one, it seems like uh, at least companies aren't trying to literally just make Hearthstone, right? They're saying, oh, people want card games. So let's make a card game, but let's try to make it our card game. Yeah. You know? So I have to I have to appreciate that, even though there's going to be such an influx that there's no way you could play them all. But... No, absolutely not. I mean, it, it's, it's similar to playing like a, a League of Legends style game as well. Once you've started investing money in your account, you don't want to move to a different game for obvious reasons. Yeah. And card games are always going to require you to pay money to get the cards because it's a collectible card game. It's in the fucking name. Yeah. But I, I feel like Hearthstone maybe as an as a gateway drug to CCGs. Like I think if you could start playing Hearthstone, you can have kind of fun with it, and then you move you can move on to a different product that's maybe a bit more advanced and find the one that you really like. Because yeah. I'm not 100 percent convinced that that many people actually like Hearthstone. They just feel obliged to play it. Well, I wouldn't say that it's that. I would say that um, as somebody who's not very good at CCGs. Um, I think it's more like, oh man, this it's it's kind of mindless in a way that's satisfying where you can play it and the game does everything for you and it's simple enough where you're not like overthinking it most of the time, if that makes well, sense. Well, that's why you're not good at it. I know. <laughs> but that's that's what I'm saying is like... I'm, I don't, I'm with you though. Like, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't, I don't necessarily think that like everybody who's playing Hearthstone right now is going to be like, God, I just wish that there was one that was a little more complicated because I don't want one that's more complicated. Yeah, I think you're I'm right. I think there are definitely some... Basic one. Yeah, some people get to like that level and it's like, okay, that is, this is like as complex as I want my card game to be. I guess the same as people that play like the Pokemon card game or anything. That's not a very complicated card game, but it's the theme that they like and it's the mechanics they like. It's like, I don't feel the need to go beyond this. And then there's other people who are like, well... 
everyone's playing Hearthstone and I've got cards, so it's like I'm playing Hearthstone, but I'd rather be playing something better than this. Yeah. It's just maybe there isn't an option right now because like Magic the Gathering has a terrible fucking client on PC or whatever. You know, so maybe you want to play Hex or something else instead. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't know if this game's going to do all that well, but I will say that the, the matches I played of Elder Scrolls Legends were pretty cool, and I had fun with it, and I think it's got enough unique mechanics to make it stand out without it being completely alien. It was it was just that rune mechanic that was really strange, because it's just yeah. it was very, very much like, how do I earn runes? Oh, you lose health to get them. I, what? That's, that's counterintuitive. Oh, yeah. I do not understand how that works at all. Yeah, you've got to treat it as a catch-up mechanic, basically. Yeah, so I played that. Um, Jesse, what, uh, what else did you play? Because we played so much stuff that we didn't talk about on the podcast. Man, um, that's a great question. It I, is. I played... Oh, fuck. I can't remember what I talked about on the podcast. Uh, yeah. You talked about Outlast. Say, the last three days have been a, a wild blitz. mess. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the indie ones I played so I can give them a little bit of a shout-out. Uh, I, uh, you know, I talked about We Happy Few, so that's a thing I played and I like. Mm -hmm. um, I know, what else did I talk about? I don't, look, look. Did you, I, did, did you not make a list of the stuff that you played? Um, honestly, I, I, because Saturday and Sunday was like, panel signing panel signing and yeah. i like ran the stuff in between and so i definitely did not make a list no <laughs> I, I i well what i hoped was and here's here's something i took away from this year's packs what i hope was is that something would really stand out to me as like really catch my attention and everything was good but nothing this year even triple a stuff nothing this year really was like this is it this is my shit this is what's gonna get me um did you not get I to play pyre I, that's the one thing I didn't get to play. I didn't that, get to play that, Pyre either. Uh, that would have probably been that game you were looking for. Because like, that was mind-blowing. Everything was was good. Every, everything was good, but it wasn't like so, you know, mind-blowing that it will stick with me forever. I, I mean, I liked some of the mechanics in Lawbreakers, but also I thought some of it was, I was like, that's super fucking broken. Or like, that's that doesn't work right. Well, what, was, what were the things that you found broken in that? Because I played Lawbreakers as well. Uh, well, if it says, if it's any indication, by the end of our match, uh, I, I, it's either five on five or six on six. I can't remember how many it is, but, um, by the end of our match, everyone but two people was the person with the, with the vibro blade and the hook. Okay. Everyone has switched over to that because that character was like murdering everyone. And so I spent the entire time trying to find counters to that character. And I found only, Kronos was an excellent counter to the, her. Yeah, the only counter is the big, super slow guy with, with the, Tesla. the like Tesla yeah. beam. Yeah, and and that's the only counter, and so that's the only thing I can play the entire time because it was just like either I play that character with the rest of them or I just play this guy, and so it was like, like this super fun game. But there's a lot of stuff in there. I was like, all right, well, this is clearly underdevelopment. It needs more characters. Yeah, they only had four characters available. Do you think it was because of her movement mechanic that everyone switched to her? Because that map, because it was the Grand Canyon map, and you could swing around the outside of the map using the grappling hook, and she was the only character that could do that. And it almost made me think that that was why everyone was playing her. Well, she could attack from any direction. Like, all the other characters were limited by where they could attack within buildings. She could come from above you, from the side, from, like, any direction. So she was always, uh, she ever, like, she was everywhere. And that's really, really useful in a game like that. And... 
meanwhile, this guy, like, uh, it's um, on the bad guys, it was like the big electric dude, but on the good guys, it was a woman. Um, no matter what you could, no matter what, she's just, it's, you're just slow. You're lumbering very slowly. You have a rocket launcher. That the rocket launcher, pretty ineffective. I, I just never, I used was murdering people with it, but. I like every time I shot, I was like, all right, do I shoot at them? Do I shoot at the ground? Do I shoot? Where is the effective rocket launch position? I just gave up and only used the Tesla thing and started murdering people. It was like, I was destroyed with that Tesla can. I was like, I don't even need to use this rocket launcher. Um, yeah, it just, it, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you need to relearn in that game. Uh, that's very different than say, if you're playing, uh, like, Overwatch, for example, since we've all been playing that. Yeah, the like low gravity areas were what surprised yeah. me. Like, it, it's, uh, I think the way that it works, and I'd have to look at the footage again, uh, is that you go through certain, like, doorways, kind of force fields, and it sort of, it gives you a temporary low gravity effect. So, in that area, most people are fighting in the air, well, as opposed the, to it's, anything it's, else. It's the exact opposite. Oh, uh, okay. The, the portal, the, the portals are what keep the grab like the whole world the whole premise of this is that the gravity is just effed up fucked and so yeah when you go when you go outside that's when gra the gravity is really low that's ah all right and when you're inside that's when gravity returns to normal and that's okay those, those gateways are all right and that so, makes like, sense now the middle area was an outside area so it there's like a little i don't know if it was like a shrine or what it was in the middle but you could like flip and jump and around so even my big guy was like in the air, and that's when I would use my like electricity uh, Emperor Palpatine. Unlimited power, yeah. Fly around yes. and take it. It was so cool. I love that. That was really really cool. Um, but yeah, like it, it was one of those things where all the things that that like the, at the end of it, the culmination. I was like, there's some really cool stuff in this game. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, I want to see what the completed version looks like because it's clearly not done yet. That's fine. Let's see what it looks like. It wasn't like, I, I think my expectation leaving there was like, oh, this game's going to blow me away. And I was like, all right, that was good. It was good. I think, that, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I had with most of the games. So I was like, all right, let's see what you got. And every game was like, oh, that was really good. But none of them were like, oh, shit, this is the one. Game this is the changer. One forever. Yeah. yeah, and I just never found that. And I had the exact same thing last time at Last Pax East. It was like, all right, um, let's see some cool indie stuff. And all of it was good. And, and I walked away like, all right, cool. I'm very excited for this year. But none of it was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be what changes gaming. And you notice over the last year, some of the big games that really blew up in, in the gaming culture weren't at packs and stuff like that. They just came out of nowhere. They were just like, here's here's this weird game that we created. Here you go. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to see what role PAX has. Uh, with gaming and uh, indie games in, in, in the future. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. I mean, it's... for me, I, I would say there were definitely games where I played the demo and I was like, I really want to see what this game is like when I can just sit down and play it, you know, like really play it. Um, I felt that way about, oh, is it called Katana Zero? Yeah, uh, I just put my video out on that, okay, and so I felt exactly the same way. So I want to see what happens when you get more abilities and more weapons and all that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, because you got to play, like, a couple rounds of that game, right? So yes. for everybody watching, like, Katana Zero is this game where you play... It's kind of like Hotline Miami, but you're a samurai, and you can slow down time. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you have, like, these conversations with people that can affect the game later, but most of it is just... You go into a section of a building, 
and then you murder everybody in that section and then the game's like all right now you can proceed um did you piss off the hotel clerk with the conversation uh no i I did apparently that affects the game so there's a uh, just to expand on the idea of the conversation so it has a conversation system it's kind of like telltales so it's like there's a timer on it but you have a a period of time where you can interrupt the conversation and if you do that the person gets madder and madder at you for it um if you're on the phone you can literally just hang up on somebody one it's a nice way of just skipping through dialogue and two it actually affects the gameplay so apparently because i pissed off the hotel clerk as much as i did that affected the level after that so that's what the developer told me yeah yeah so both for the way that both sam and i did that level it um it wound up like working in our favor at the end of that whole level so like at the beginning you had an opportunity to have a conversation and at the end the conversation came back around and uh and we were like oh thank god (laughs) wound up uh doing it right yeah i have a feeling i got screwed up because i did it wrong actually i'm pretty sure it's the end of the video where i get completely fucked at the end of that level because of that yeah but it's neat that game yeah that game is pretty fun it's very fun yeah but it's definitely the sort of game where i played through two the two levels that they let you play and i was like i want to just like sit and play this but you know i can't and it's not coming out until 2017 i think so uh they updated the release date to 2016 on the website so We'll we'll see we'll see what they do with that. But I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. There were some interesting ideas. Uh, it's, a, it's a very strange kind of narrative conceit. But when you play the game, you're not technically doing the level. You're planning it in your mind somehow, which is some explanation of why there's a timer on each level because you can only remember a certain amount of stuff. Then you see CCTV footage of what you ended up doing. Which, and you might think, well, how does that make a difference? Well, technically, in terms of the gameplay, it doesn't. But apparently, it's possible, based on how many of the time-stopping drugs you take and things like that, that what can happen in the level on the CCTV camera is completely different to what you planned. So the the dev was telling me that, oh, then, like, you basically can lose your mind during the game, and a mission that you thought was killing a bunch of gangsters, you actually just kill a bunch of innocent people, and you see that on the CCTV after the level, which is fucking crazy. I don't know what's going on with that. I, it wasn't demonstrated in the demo that we were given, but I, w- I want to know because I want to see if the narrative changes significantly as you go through and what you actually think you did is not what you really did. Right. So that was pretty cool. Um, another game that I played the demo of and I just really wanted to sit and play it for a while is uh, Y2K, a postmodern RPG. Y2K, a postmodern RPG. Yes. Uh, I don't okay. know. Hold on, I have the little brochure of it. There's a bro. Oh, okay. Uh, that's the game that I was that people uh, were like, "Who's who's that main? Who's that character look like?" And I was like, "Not me, guys. <laughs> Not me at all." Oh, oh, you mean this Jesse Cox looking motherfucker? <laughs> this guy? <laughs> this Jesse Cox guy? <laughs> every every <laughs> yes, every time we were by there, they were just like, "Who's this guy?" I'm like, "Not me." <laughs> <laughs> um. The game, I guess, it it takes place in 1999, that's the name, and uh, you're in a town where a girl has gone missing, and you believe that she's been sucked into another world, I think, and so- I mean, that that would be the first assumption that I would make if someone went missing. Right, yeah, that's that's what I would assume. No doubt. Um, And so the game, like, it's it's turn-based, but- 
in order for you to land your attacks, you have to do almost like WarioWare style mini games, which is kind of interesting. Okay. And I don't know. I think that it affects whether or not you you critically hit as well. Okay. So when you go to do an ability, depending on what um, character you are and what your weapon is, it'll have you do like a short mini game to see whether or not you actually connect and make the hit. Um, which I thought was was kind of a cool idea. At first, when they were talking the to me- What the fuck is it, going on in this trailer? I'm sorry, I'm watching the trailer for this game. It's just like, this is bonkers. It's, it's fucking weird, yeah. Uh. But I, I don't know. I really liked it. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is that is Jesse Cox. Holy shit. Isn't it? Look at that. That is him. That's Jesse him. Jesse Cox. He fights with records. He throws records at people. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. It's, no, it's just a hipster. <laughs> it's just a hipster. <laughs> yeah. Well, this librarian has a talking bird. All right. So that was definitely a game where I sat and played the demo, and I was like, I want to play more of this. Um... Jesse, Holy shit, I'm watching the record throwing minigame. That's neat. Yeah, it's cool, right? Yeah. It's I'm trying to think there was a couple there was another RPG. Was it Shadow Hearts that did a bunch of minigames to attack as well? But these are all like crazy minigames that are themed to the character. Yeah. Someone's totally. unrolling a roll of film and you've got to do like an Undertale sort of hit the hit the line thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of neat. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, damn you, chat. Damn. <laughs> Jesse Hipster Simulator. <laughs> yeah, that's very yeah. Super Mario RPG as well, isn't it? Because that had Absolutely. a kind of timing-based attacks. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's cool. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I never got a chance to see that. It, it, this is what's so cool. Like, I looked at so many fucking games there, and I saw even more as I passed. And even then, there's a bunch of games I didn't get a chance to even look at. You know, so. yeah. There were so many There were so many indie games this year. I... I yeah, it's great. I love the fact that PAX is is very oriented to uh, indie developers. And being it's like, mostly uh, indie games now. Yeah. PAX is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say like uh, the the indies take over a huge amount of it now. The, you know, the mega booth is very good, and then they have the mini booth in PAX Rising, which is you know the very small area where it's just one demo machine per game, and then around that, around the outside, people have got their own booths anyway. So they've got like small booths uh, with like three or four machines. And the larger indies like Necropolis can afford like a bigger setup, so they they did that. Uh, speaking How of, how do you ne- feel about Necropolis? Um, so I I think it's pretty good, honestly. Um, the the issue that I have with Necropolis is that it's designed to make me hate it. It's a because it has permadeath. It has or... permadeath. Yeah, it's like okay. it's 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 Dark Souls with with Zelda. And obviously the dungeon delving aspect, it's called a diabolical dungeon delve. It has a very cool sense of humor, which I didn't expect from that game. Because when I looked at the screenshots, like, all right, this looks like, you know, the, the aesthetic is very uh, kind of flat shaded polygon esque It looks great. Um, but I thought, oh, this is going to be almost, a su- super serious. It almost gives you like darker journey feels. In it terms does. Of yeah. How it looks. Yeah, definitely. You're right. You're, you're definitely right on that one. But the thing is, it does have permadeath. So when you die, you die, you get fucked. And it's got survival mechanics like your as you use attacks, you get more and more exhausted. And that exhaustion is permanent until you eat food to basically regenerate. That regenerates a bit of your health, but it also regenerates a stamina. Meter. And your stamina kind of ha- has a bit that's reserved and it gets bigger and bigger the more special attacks you do. So you can't keep just spamming your special attack because you will burn out a stamina and that stamina does not recover unless you eat. So that's a big deal. 
the game is, I mean, it's also just very hard. Like, there's, there's a lot of enemies. There are a bunch of traps. You can, the, the, it has an identification system. So, like, old school RPGs. But, like, you can literally drink or a potion or use a scroll that you don't know what it is. And it could be really bad. So I got, I was in a big of a big fight on level two. It was really bad. I was about to die. So I picked up a potion on the ground. It didn't tell me what it was. Like this sure looks like a magic potion. I like okay. Ah, uh, drink it. Paralyzed. <laughs> Thirty seconds. Dead. No. Shit. Yeah. Dicks. Just. It has that roguelite element to it. There are scrolls of identifying things like that available. What I did like about that game is that every enemy drops their weapon. So, so you, you can, can pick up their weapons. Yeah, you can pick up their weapons and it doesn't tell you what the stats on them are. You've kind of got to learn which weapon is for you. It it gives you a tier rating. So it's like tier zero, tier one, tier two weapons. But it doesn't tell you exactly how good they are. So you have to pick the weapon up, use it, and then figure out if you want to keep it. Mm -hmm. Uh so that's a cool element. And again, the sense of humor is awesome. This is like you're trying to serve this sort of god who is this giant pyramid with a big eye who's telling you to do a bunch of stupid quests for his own amusement. One of them is kill all the heretical pottery, which is you got to break 20 pots or whatever. And if you do enough of it, it gives you a favor token, which is, I think, a permanent upgrade for your character. So even when your character dies, your the favor, I think, continues. So that's how you progress your character, is do those quests, get the favors, and then you unlock a bunch of passive bonuses and things. Yeah, because my my big... The big confusion that I have, since it's up to four players... I believe yeah it's got four player drop in drop out co-op yeah so like if i were to die i could definitely sync up and and play with my friends who have like a higher level character with my level one but like how does that balance out and i think it is with favor yes that, that that's how you do it it's it's still really fucking hard though and it can get very frustrating when you die no doubt about that because you can you lose all your gear you have to start again but the thing that it's got over, because people are probably asking, well, why not just play Dark Souls? Well, because the levels are procedurally generated. Yeah. and it's a But it's a full 3D adventure. So you're not going through... The cool thing about you dying and having to run back is you're not going through the same areas every time. You're getting a different dungeon every time you go down there. So yeah. that's why you keep playing it. That's why you would play it instead of Dark Souls. The main problem I've got with it, and this is something that looks like they're going to add, they said, um, is that it doesn't really have a class system. So the only character we could play was someone with a sword and board. So, you know, sword and shield always. Right. And like, okay, I want to see two-handed weapons. I want to see dual wielding and things like that. They had a decent variety of weapons. You know, they all had their own kind of set of attacks. I got this nice, nice one that had like lightning on it. And I was able to do like flips and stab shit pe with people. It was really cool. But I wanted to see like more weapon variety because you know Dark Souls and Bloodborne have tons of weapon variety, and that's what keeps the combat interesting. I guess what makes that complicated is that then they also have to add in lots of different types of enemies that maybe they haven't considered yeah. yet. Because yeah. because if if I'm like a dual wielder, then I specifically have to be killing things that can drop weapons that I can use, you yeah. know, rather than it just being like, everybody starts as the same kind of character and you can pick up any weapon. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how they would do that exactly. But one way or the other, like just playing a sword and shield is going to get dull for me after a while. So hopefully they're able to implement classes and things. But yeah, it looked, it looked pretty cool. I've got plenty of footage to show, which is mostly me doing runs and dying in five minutes. So 
That sounds about right. All right, it's about break time, so let's do that. And we'll we'll be gone for about 10 minutes. When we come back, we've got loads more games from PAX to tell you about. So you're watching the Corruptional Podcast post-PAX edition. Do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to let you know that today's show is brought to you by audible.com slash cynical. Audible is an Amazon company that stocks over 180,000 audiobooks, audio dramas, and shows. You can check out a free 30-day free trial over at audible.com slash cynical. Needless to say, since we are shilling the hell out of this product, we also use it ourselves. And I'm going to go around the room and find out what we've been listening to over the last couple of weeks. So you can get a couple of recommendations. Dodger, what have you been listening to last couple of weeks on Audible. Um, I've actually been listening to The Dark Worlds of HP Lovecraft Volume Ooh. 1. I found it because uh, the lovely narrator Wayne June, who also narrated Darkest Dungeon, yes. actually is the narrator of the entire volume of The Dark Worlds of HP Lovecraft. And it's been delicious and wonderful. And it's only three hours long. So you get all of that in a nice, compact, wonderful package. That is pretty awesome. I mean, let's be honest, those books can be a little bit heavy and a little bit difficult to get through sometimes. Lovecraft's writing style was a little bit unusual, but being accompanied by the darkest dungeon narrator in order to do that, I think is a really cool way oh, to experience he sells it. it. Yeah. It's wonderful. And yeah, you can find that on audible.com slash cynical. You can absolutely pick that up for a credit on audible.com slash cynical. Go check out audible.com slash cynical for your free 30-day free trial. Jesse, what have you been listening to? Oh my goodness. Well, as all of you know, I am madly in love with all the Star Wars books that they have oh, on yeah. there. And uh, I have been listening, right now I'm listening to Tarkin, which is a great sort of uh, background into our favorite guy who gets blown up in the oh, Death yes. Star. Uh, but what they do have on there that I wasn't aware of until recently, because I'm part of that whole, you uh, pay a monthly fee and you get like one free book a month. Yeah, and I do. So, I do the two two a month. It seemed like a good number. And so I just got my free monthly book, and I went online and found out that Bloodline, which is the new Star Wars book that's coming out, uh, is on there for pre-order. And so I pre-ordered it without question because y'all, it's basically the book. Like if you saw Episode Seven and you were like, "I have questions," <laughs> this is the thing that's going to answer. Every, it's like about Leia and Han. It's about the stuff that happened before Episode Seven. It's it's every little bit of questioning that you had, like what was what happened between the time periods, and like what happened with with Kylo Ren stuff. It's all in this book, and I'm so excited. So it was an instant pre-order, and I'm all set. The minute it comes out, I'm in. I'm in. There are a lot of Star Wars books available on Audible. Actually, I'm working my way through the Darth Bane series. Uh, which is Dynasty of Evil as well as Path of Destruction. They're both by Drew Carpishan. And those are pretty awesome because it explains the whole Rule of Two. There's actually literally a book called Rule of Two in that series. And why exactly the Sith are much more secretive than they were in the Old Republic, which is, of course, 4,000 years before all of these events. You know, why they are the way that they are. So I've been checking that out as well as Darth Plagueis. But the one that I picked up recently, which I was very excited about, very recent release, is Alien Out of the Shadows, which is, I believe, canon? It's an audio drama set between Alien and Aliens. So it's right after the destruction Ooh. of the Nostromo and everything like that. And mm -hmm. it's a full-on voiced audio drama by Tim Lebanon and Dirk Maggs. And I'm starting my way through that now. It, it basically starts with the Nostromo going up in flames and Ripley, you know, kicking the crap out of the alien and escaping with the ship's cat. 
and then it goes on from there. So it fills in the blank between the two without going crazy Prometheus nonsense. So That's actually one of the really cool things about all the different books you can find on Audible. You can get anything from just a straight read. Like if it's a crime novel, you get the straight read yeah. of the hard-boiled crime novel. If it's sci-fi, it's almost you're either getting an audio drama or something very, very close to it with the sound effects and the music like Star Wars. Yeah, I love it's that. So Sometimes the sound design is really on point. Star Wars in particular yeah. does the sound design really well because they have the license to use the official music and sound effects. So that all sounds really good. Yeah, it's look, there's so many things you can get on there. It, comedy, n most of the comedy books on there are legit just read by the comedian, which makes by it the even writer, better. And it's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Check out audible.com slash cynical for access to over 180,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine, and newspaper publishers. Various things. The new Alien book, as I said, is Alien Out of the Shadows. Do check that out. The various Star Wars books, including the Darth Bane series, and, of course, many, many more books besides. You can get your free 30-day trial at audible.com slash cynical. And then the system is that you can either buy an audiobook straight up, or you can sign up to a monthly program, which will give you credits. And you can trade in those credits every month for a full audiobook. So I get two credits a month. I get two audiobooks a month. And the nice thing about the site as well is that it's got a hell of a lot of reviews and recommendations. So there's literally thousands of star ratings for each of these books. So you can figure out which are the good ones and which are not so good. So go check it out. Audible.com slash cynical. Because let's be honest, you don't have time to read nor the inclination to do so. Audible.com slash cynical for over 180,000 audiobooks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the co-optional podcast, post-packs, post-packs without pox, which is nice. No pox. We're happy with that. Nice. Hmm? Sorry, I, I, I had you muted again. I'm an idiot. Oh, uh, no, it's sorry. good. It's good. It's good because I talked about the thing and I need to not talk about the thing so that we don't get jinxed. Good. So, that works. I have no idea what you just said. So Nothing happened. Uh, nothing okay. happened. Literally okay. nothing happened while we were muted. I didn't say anything. I just mouthed as though words were coming out. Yeah. Sounds about right. Great. Great. All right. <laughs> okay. Back to the many, 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 many things we've been playing at PAX. Who wants to go next? Uh, Did any of you play... It's night in the woods, night at the woods, night in the woods. Night I did woods, not. Cat, you're a little cat, and I was yeah. like, "Well, this Were is you like a, a little prepubescent cat." Yes, I think you're a. Did you, I think did you pickpocket? <laughs> did you do the pickpocket mini game? <laughs> I remember beating stuff up with a bat quite a bit. So the premise of this is like you are a like tween cat. I'm gonna assume like a, mm -hmm. a tween girl cat, and you uh, have come back to your town. And you just, like, are out to have fun with your friends and wreck shit and be naughty. And, spoiler, there's something in the woods and it is out to get you. <laughs> like, that's really, that's, I mean, that's about as simple as you can get with, like, the game description. It's, it, the art style is what sells it. Yeah, it, exactly. The art style is why I stopped to look at it. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's great. You, you, yeah, it's basically one of those, like, sci, it's a, it's 2D story side scrolling uh game where you you know run and jump and bash things with a bat mm -hmm. and you meet a lot of characters in in this town and you sort of learn about the town but it's also what i took away from it is that it was very like i don't know if melancholy is the right word 
Is that how you would describe it? Like, there's there's definitely like um, an undertone of sadness throughout the entire game. That uh, I mean, it's almost it it almost feels like the characters are jaded, even though they're young. <laughs> like, I absolutely. think that's what kind of melancholic about it to me was that it was these these like obviously young kid characters who are just like the world fucking sucks yes. <laughs> and just yes. like don't care about anything um but the yeah that combined with the art style i think makes a really interesting game i'm excited think, for that to come out i don't know when it's supposed to come out though uh i think uh looking it up right now it was a kickstarter so that's actually really cool i did not know mm -hmm. that um and so it looks like they destroyed their goal and uh yeah i don't see when this is going to come out but uh, from the screenshots and stuff on the Kickstarter, yeah, no, it's great. Every like apparently, it's it's all from a coal mining town that's run out of like like no one's in the mines anymore, and everyone's just sort of depressed and and tales yeah. all this time. All the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 uh, lizard smokes and the fox drinks. <laughs> uh, this is great. Yeah, no, it's a it's. Uh, but again, I think what really sells it was the art style was just, I saw it and was like, I need to play this game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm not sure that I, like, my takeaway from was like, oh, that was fun. But this is one of those games that I'm, like you were saying earlier, I'm much more interested in where it's going than what I played. When I played, I was like, oh, that's cool. But I want to see, like, down the line. What need, yeah, you need, like, the full experience of playing the game because the demo is literally just... You're an angry girl cat who wants to beat up stuff. Yeah, you just... And you can tell that there's way more to it, but that's the demo. Yeah, that's, that's I'm saying. Like, there's so much there that you were just like, oh, I bet there's some cool stuff in this game. And you only got like a sliver. And it's like, yeah. all right, well, cool. I can't <laughs> wait to see what this turns out to be. But yeah, that was, that was actually, that was pretty cool. Uh, there was another game that I didn't get to play that I wanted to. I don't know if you guys got to Dead by Daylight. No, didn't I didn't play, that, play no. that either. I walked by the booth and I was gonna watch because they had like a group of people playing on the screens that were on the outside, and mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, I'll just wait and watch them play." And it took so long for them to set up a game that I gave up. Good story, I wanted, Dodger. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wanted to play that, but I too could not. Like the, it was just a ludicrous line, so I gave up mm -hmm. on it. But uh, uh, okay, so we're not talking about that game then. Well, no, well, well, but like essentially, from what I watched. It's a four or three v one uh, game where Ooh. it's four v one. It's asymmetric. One Already interested. Okay. One person is the killer. Yeah. And one person else has to in the woods. And everybody else, um, sort of, they everybody else has objectives. So you like have to go and complete your objective. But the second you complete an objective, the murderer is notified where you are. Yeah. So Almost like they hear something and they're like, oh, everybody's that way. And so the second you complete an objective, you have to hide or you have to run somewhere. Um, yeah, I, I love games like that. So I did want to play it. I didn't get a chance. That I watched, sounds I watched, neat, yeah. I watched the guy murder a bunch of people. And it was great. Because, <laughs> it's, it's very obvious, at least from what I could tell, that, that unless you're working... Because one of the things that I think would be great is like if you plan it that all of you complete your objectives at the same time or something like that, you overwhelm the killer. And so he can't like, but, but people were just willy nilly running around doing stuff. And the killer was just like, I know where you are now. And just immediately going to kill them. It was so good. I was like, Oh, I want to play this game so badly. Yeah. So I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad that 
even though Evolve didn't do great, that people are still messing around with that style of game. They do need to. They really, really fucking do, because I love asymmetric games. It's, and I'm more pissed now at Evolve for fucking it up. It's like For, like, possibly you, being the reason that people are scared to... Scared to try. do it, yeah. It's like, yeah. no, trust me, Evolve just did it badly. Evolve just didn't fucking understand what it needed to do. It didn't have enough depth by any stretch of the imagination. It didn't have enough content to justify this ludicrous price tag. It was marketed terribly in terms of, you know, the people thinking that it had loads of day one DLC, which it really didn't. You know, it was just cosmetic shit. But people believe that. The season passes... It had a double season pass, for fuck's sake. You know, that game was ridiculous and now fable legends is also not gonna happen you know i'm very afraid that we won't have many of those asymmetric games anymore yeah oh speaking speaking of which because someone in chat mentioned uh the game itself the way it plays is that the killer is first person but all the victims are third so the, the they have a full view of like what's going on around them but the killer is first person which is super dope so it makes it very like, I'm going to hunt you down now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that game looked really cool. Um, I'm trying to think if there was... Oh, We Happy Few is the other game that I really wanted to play and didn't get a chance. Yeah. We Happy Few is great. And unfortunately, for, ev for every one of their demos, they have a ton of like collectibles and things you can find in story bits. But it's like... I'm playing the demo, so I gotta hurry it along. So, like, all right, well, I guess I'll just keep running around until okay. I get assaulted by people in this town. But it's real creepy. It's uh, the atmosphere is like pitch perfect. It's great. It's very like um, I don't know who the actor is. Whoever they got the live action actor to be the like news like the British new newscaster in this creepy '60s world is phenomenal. <laughs> it's so oh, i don't want it it's so good i can't even do it justice like it's the best part of the game uh another game that i tried out is called goner um it was like a, a little indie game that was off to the side and basically you it's a procedurally generated game where you play like sections at a time um, but you start off as just this little body, and then you choose a head and a weapon and a pack to hold things in. Um, and you go into the procedural world and you, like, fight things. The second that you get hit once, you lose your head and your weapon, and every everything just, like, drops. So you have to, like, run back and grab it. And if you don't grab it in time and you get hit again, because you can't fight anything if you don't have your stuff, so you're just like a sitting duck. So if you drop things in a really horrible place, then you're kind of hosed. Um, but yeah, you have to grab everything again and then keep making your way through it. Otherwise you die and you go back. But there are like all different kinds of heads that you can choose that give you different um, jumping abilities for the most part. It, it helps. Like there was one head that uh, let you do a triple jump. And on the third jump, you could like spin in the air and shoot. So you could do like trick shots if you really wanted to. Uh, and there were a few different types of guns, um, only one backpack in the demo, but it was, it was cute. It was like a, a pretty simple, cute game that I played. Did um, you play Hob? Did you I Hob? played Hob, yes. I got footage oh, of Hob, actually. Uh, did you get a chance to play it, Jesse? Or were you asking no, me? that's why I, I, okay, I, I, I saw Hob. all the trailers. Like, it was everywhere. They had trailers and stuff on every screen in the entire convention center yeah like, alongside 
can I call out Gabe and Tycho for a second? I love those guys to death, but you got G2A as a sponsor for oh your God, I event. G2A everywhere. Pax, I was like, God damn it. All right, all right. As I brandish this airsoft, gonna use it. I got a new 911. It's nice. Anyway, the point is. They got G2A as a sponsor for an event that is full of indie studios that have been ripped off by G2A. Now, just to clarify, because I, I think the problem with G2A is a lot of people, either, either they don't care, in which case I can't help them, or they don't know that G2A is a place which has, on many occasions, and continues to sell fraudulent keys that were acquired through... I, you know, a lot of them are either, they're scammed out of the developer, like someone says, I'm a reviewer on YouTube, I'm gonna make a video for you, and then they just sell the key when they get it, which, fuck anyone that does that, if you do that, go fuck yourself, jump off a bridge, and also people that steal credit cards and then buy keys en masse and then sell them that way, which causes chargebacks to come to the developer when the person who got ripped off, you know, gets their money back, which costs the indie developer money. I mean, it's shut down studios before. It almost shut down the Natural Selection 2 guys when they got ripped off for that. G2A is a knowing and willing partner in doing so, as far as I'm concerned. They're a marketplace that does not check whether or not those keys are legitimate. You know, they sell grey market keys from other regions, which they're not supposed to, to Americans, so we're not supposed to buy them. But more importantly, they sell keys that are stolen. Stolen goods! Literally stolen goods. And they were sponsoring PAX, which is full of indie devs who have been affected by that, which I found to be ridiculous. I don't know why they were allowed to do that, but it's like, yeah, hey, you want to buy some stolen fucking keys? You want to go see the dev down on the floor whose keys they were stolen from? Because the sponsor, he's right fucking here. So fuck G2A and fuck PAX for advertising them. I don't know why they did that, but I hope they never do it again. All right, anyway, back to Hob. So, so Hob is the latest anyway. game by Runic. And it is very much uh, not an action RPG at all. You know, it, it's very Zelda-esque, no doubt about that, up to and including you can chop down the reeds to find health in, you know, in the grass and stuff. You know, so very kind of Link's Awakening and stuff like that. And it also has a little bit of Shadow of the Colossus aspect to it. Uh, not only in terms of, you know, the way that you're climbing really big shit, but you also have a... Uh, what is it? What is it? Um, oh, yeah, you, you, it's just the aesthetic is very kind of Shadow of the Colossus in, in many ways. Uh, it doesn't play like it, but it just kind of gives you sort of vibes of that. But the whole point is that the level, the whole area moves around depending on what you do. So there are a lot of mechanical aspects to this world. Apparently, the world was all run by these constructs, these kind of automatons, and then they kind of went crazy and the automa you have to fight them but you also have to do the job that they were doing so you have to go and uh you know you push the thing into here and then something moves and the whole terrain rearranges itself as you do the puzzles so the demo which was really cool and gave me a very satisfying conclusion was a giant loop the place that you start has a door you can't get in. You loop around the whole level, completing puzzles and traversing everything, and you get a new ability, which is like a lightning grappling hook, which lets you sort of shoot over obstacles and stick onto things, and also pull the limbs off of big constructs, which I thought was really cool. And it looped me all the way around, back to where I started, and because I'd done the puzzles, everything had rearranged itself, and I could actually get through. So action kind of action platformer zelda-ish puzzles a little bit of metroidvania in there beautiful animation absolutely gorgeous world 
Um, the combat is a little basic, but then again, once you start acquiring items, it gets better. You know, once I got the grappling hook, I fought this mini boss where I was able to tear its armor off with the grappling hook and then attack it. So that was pretty cool. I thought that game was beautiful, actually. I, it looks I, great. It, it looks great. It's a really good game. And it does. It still has the corpse exploding from Torchlight Two in it, so I was happy about that. You know, you hit something hard enough, it goes pop. So that's great. But it is not. It is not Torchlight. It's something different for them. But what they've done is really awesome, and it looks beautiful. So yeah, I'd keep an eye out for Hob if you're into that. If you know, if you like Zelda, keep an eye out for Hob basically, because yeah, you'll you'll get a lot of that out of it. So yeah, I've got a video of that coming later. I've got the footage on my computer. I just need to get it uh, commentated. Oh, what else did you play, Jesse? Uh, I mean, everything I played, I played, like, 90% of what I played, I played Friday. And so that's why we, you know, I had a lot to talk about at the panel on Saturday. But, yeah. yes, Sunday was, you know, just a mess of me trying to run around and do the Cox and Crendor panel. So I got nothing done Sunday. So everything I did was from Friday and Saturday. Sunday was a no-show day for me. Fair enough. I did 10 games on Sunday, so <sighs> I can blitz through all the stuff I did at Alt Swim, because I did five did more you... at that booth. I was I was just about to say, I don't think that I talked about Headlander. You did not. Let's, let's talk about Headlander, because that's a cool game. I thought that that was a cool game, too. It was, like, an interesting... So, Headlander is a game where you wake up as just a head... Yes. You're just like a, you're just you're just you're a, head a head in a little container. You can't talk. You can't really do much of anything except attach yourself to bodies and machines. So you wake up on the spaceship. You have this voice in your head that's like, "We need to get off this ship. I'll help you." Um, you can like, like, kind of launch yourself off of machines and bodies and attach to other ones and move. Yeah, around you've got a rocket booster on your head, basically. Yeah, and so it winds up being an interesting spin on, like, a side-scroller puzzler game yeah. because you're solving puzzles by, like, attaching your head to different things or, like, using your head to go through small spaces to get to big spaces and things like that. So the whole demo is you, like, getting off of this ship. Um, and I thought that it wound up being, like, oddly charming for what it was. It's phenomenally charming because it looks like a 50s or 60s sci-fi. You know, it's very yeah. ray guns and big spacesuits. Mm -hmm. But it's got it's extremely funny. It, it actually the the humor reminds me very much of Archer. Uh, yeah. It's actually a double fine game, but uh, Adult Swim are paying for it basically, so you don't have to worry about them running out of money or anything uh, for once. <laughs> uh, but but it, it's double fine like double fine's take on Archer in space. I think is maybe one of the best ways to look at it. It mm -hmm. it's really funny most of the time. Like, I loved um I attached myself to a vacuum cleaner and. Yeah. I was able yeah. to complete the level that way. There were several ways to beat the level. One of them was attach yourself to a vacuum cleaner, drive through the maintenance tunnels, and just fucking leave. So I just yeah, did that. That's uh, totally what I did too. And I loved that because throughout the demo up to that point, you keep running into those vacuum cleaners and you can talk to them. You can talk like, to them, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it was awesome to just like reach this point in the game where I was like, can I attach myself? Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> you can, yeah. Because you get a, you get very early on, you get a head vacuum, which lets you, if you fly above and turn like upside down with your head, you can suck the head off another like robot body and then you can steal it. Uh, yeah. So, which sure, is, sure. which is fucking awesome. You know, the, the bodies are very much interchangeable. Like if you get a good body with like a good weapon or ability or whatever, you kind of want to keep it, but you probably won't be able to. Like either it'll explode because they die quite fast. You can only take a couple of hits before you lose your body and you have to fly and get another one. 
um or, or the next room will have a puzzle where you have to leave have to switch bodies yeah. yeah but you can get like ones with really cool weapons and there's different body types available and the sense of humor is just awesome the animation is very very funny you know it's very slapstick comedy i had a blast with that game actually it was it was a lot better than i expected there's one thing i'll say about that game too much fucking neon like <laughs> Holy not enough fuck. neon, I think. No, mean. no, more, I do not. No, more, I want my eyes intact neon. at the end of this experience. <laughs> that game had a lot of fucking neon in it. You know, I got yeah. the the guy with the red laser beam, and I just blinded myself whenever I shot with it. Uh, so I, I, it maybe tone that down a little bit. Also, the spaceship you escape on is a giant cock. I just want to point that yes. out. And the oh, dev totally said, yeah, that, this is a penis. There's no doubt. This yeah, I think it was definitely on purpose. <laughs> yeah, again, it's very uh, like Archer in space, I think. It really yeah. is. It's it's a very fun game, and I'm just glad to hear like, Adult Swim is paying for it, so there's no like Kickstarter shenanigans with uh, Double Fine to worry about or funding mm. issues, so it'll actually you know be finished. Uh, yeah, Headlander kicked ass. I, I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, did you play Rise and Shine? Uh, which one was that? Uh, you definitely remembered it. It was the one with the really cool cartoony art style where you were on a video game planet. I think I glanced at someone else playing that game, but I never touched it. Right, so I, pl I played Rise and Shine, and you play a kid called Rise, and you, very early on, uh, you're, you live in a world where all the video game characters are living in harmony until the space marines come and fuck up everything. No, Space Marines. Yeah, fucking Space happens. Marines. Yeah, basically the Gears of War guys come and fuck up everything. In no. the first scene, you're in a shopping mall and a Gears of War the guy and, shows up, and basically everything. Link is facing off against him, who's called Legendary Warrior. He gets shot in the stomach. Like, just like very graphic. It's like, fuck. Uh, and it's like, take my gun. It's called Shine for some reason. And uh, my gun is a magical gun. Uh, please save like video game land thing. Um, okay. and you start off with this gun and it's very, it starts off very basic. It's got like six shots. You've got to manually reload it and everything, but you upgrade it with different ammo types and, uh, imbue it with different like powers and the gun talks to you because of course it does. Uh, so the first one you get is remote control bullets. So you aim the bullet, uh, and then you can, you can, uh, guide it to its destination. So that's pretty cool. Uh, there's also, like, electric bullets, and you get, like, a laser sight to help aim and everything. Uh, you die very, very fast in that game, and so it has a cover system. It's a 2D side-scroller with a cover system. You press B to take cover, and then you pop out and try and uh, take the guys out. It's quite difficult to aim, I noticed, in that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a bit... It, I don't know if that's on purpose, or maybe it's just something to do with the... Um, with the it's twin like Naughty stick. Dog. They're like, no, no, no. It's we it's want on you purpose. To like I, God, I hope you've not. never used the shine gun before. Yeah, you know, I, we want it to be accurate. You know what this art so, style reminds me of? Awesome knots. Yeah, it, it's not by mm. them. I can tell you that for a fact. It's by uh, apparently <laughs> some people that made tr Plants vs Zombies and Worms are involved in it. Uh, right. The the art. We're seeing this game in motion. It's fucking beautiful. Uh, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous game. And, uh, uh, in the first sequence, you end up fighting... Well, I guess it's not really fighting. There's this giant robot that just comes up and fucking murders you. And it's just like, this is the most... There's so much detail in this. You can see, you, see how colorful this thing is. Okay, I watched a dude try to fight a boss in this game. I, now that I'm looking at it, I remember. I, I watched a dude try to fight a boss in this game for like... 
30 minutes. I was so invested in this guy finally beating the boss, and he never did it. I don't know why it took so long. I beat the whole thing in 15, but uh, that's weird, so. Um, the boss that you have to, like, get his bar down three times. Uh, did did I... you fight that guy? I wonder if I didn't get that far. I thought I'd finished the demo. I might have run out of time. Oh, yeah, the, the big dude. Yeah, I didn't get to actually fight him. Uh, I ran out of time, so that's why. Uh, I did beat I did beat the mini bosses before that, but gotcha. Yeah, I watched I watched a guy fight this dude for so because I originally was like, oh, I'll wait and I'll play this game once this guy is done. But I got so invested in watching him try and kill this boss, I was like, I'm not gonna interrupt. I'm just gonna wait. Yeah. But isn't so that hard. boss like a, a, one of the best like drawn things you've ever fucking seen in a video game? Like the amount of detail. But you're right, Jesse. It does look like awesome nauts. It's got yeah, a very yeah. awesome nauts like aesthetic. Uh, but I, I I love that game to death. Like the the whole point is when you get shine, you are given the power to respawn, which is a magical power, obviously in video game world. Oh, you I know, see. so which for some reason did not work with. Um, I I guess maybe Rise is the one who has it because all I all I love is like uh, the first section you gather up with all of the dudes. It's like we're gonna send Super Mega Hero with you, and you go it's out. Just and, Mega Man, or yeah, it's just a giant dude in armor. He's like fifteen oh. foot tall. He dies immediately. Like he steps on a landmine or whatever, and just explodes, and his uh, body flies everywhere. Um, it's it's pretty. It's tough. It's a very tough game, but it is fucking cool. Um. So I played that at Alt Swim. Uh, I played Rain World. You might like this. The main character is basically Slug Cat, which is okay. a cat kind of crossed with a slug. You know, it's kind of or a snake cat or whatever. The animation style is done procedurally, which means that the slug cat has physics and a spine and kind of moves around as you'd expect him to. And it's a game about surviving in this really weird ecosystem. I remember this game. Where this everything's trying to eat you. Uh, I think so, maybe. Uh, let me bring up the trailer for it. it it's it's a the, the art style's very odd. Uh, but the whole point of it is that, you know, here's some beta yeah. footage, is yeah. that you are supposed to gather food and survive uh, and find shelter at night because the rains come, you know, and if the rains come, then you, you know, you're a cat. They don't like the rain. Uh, you probably don't, you, don't you have like slug cat babies and stuff and you gotta protect the babies i believe you can do that yeah i never saw any of that in the demo but you know you're gathering food and building shelters and things and it's a giant ecosystem of creatures that are all they all have their own different um priorities and personalities so some of them are very passive some of them are really aggressive and also they remember how you acted towards them so they'll actually chase you from screen to screen like they won't give up they'll keep after you and you can make kind of alliances with these different creatures and use them to fight the other stuff that's trying oh, to kill you. Interesting. So it's a giant, like, living, breathing ecosystem. And, uh, you know, I, I, in this game, I, I, I hunted down birds to, to eat them, basically. And the animation on it was wonderful. I grab, you grab them out of the air and they're trying to escape, and the cat's just kind of looking at them and just kind of smashes them together and then bites the head off. So that was really cool. <laughs> Uh, but there's all sorts of ways for this cat to get eaten, basically. You know, you're, you are a slug cat. You can use basic tools, like you can pick up a brick and hit someone with it, or you can pick up a spear and uh, st stab a, an animal with it. Um, so you're smarter than everybody else. But outside of that, like, you're quite vulnerable. So it's a bit of a survival game. But if you notice the animation and the way that the slug cat kind of balances on things is sort of adorable, actually. It is. It's really cute. Yeah. They had a plush slug cat right there at the at the booth, which I thought was great. I wanted to take it home with me. It's like, this is the only one we have. It's like, damn it. I want the slug cat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of a grim sort of world. You know, it's very, very survival orientated. 
Uh, and there's quite a lot of platforming involved because you've got to be able to climb, grab the birds and uh, avoid like getting eaten or drowning or being destroyed by leeches or eaten by the giant vulture that hunts you across the level and things. It's crazy. <laughs> um, really, really interesting. Uh, yeah, so that, that was uh, that was Rain World. And you, you see the slug cat doing the climbing there on the screen. I love the little balancing act is on the top of the pole. That's kind of cool. It's so cute. Yeah, it's, it's the bird. Yay, he yeah, ate the he bird. Ate the bird. I'm so proud. Yeah, good job, yeah. slug cat. You did it. Yeah, <laughs> slug cat. You did, did it. Slug cat, you're so cute. Stop. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the rain world. Uh, I played desync. Desync again is a game with too much fucking neon in it, but it's um it's a sort of arena shooter, and it is. Kinda, I think, based on this is a trailer from six months ago, so you know it's it's a little out of date. Um, but it's I think it's kind of based on Bullet, uh, uh, Bulletstorm. Yeah, Bulletstorm. You remember how Bulletstorm had like combo kills where like you do a certain thing, like you kick someone to a cactus and you get like pricked or whatever, and that would be like a combo kill. This game has that too, uh, but it it's a lot clearer about how it works. But it's based on sort of like Tron-like world. Uh, where everything is like neon colors and you fight enemies that are either synced or desynced and apparently like synced enemies are, are much much tougher to kill and the, you, there's unique ways of getting rid of them and you can also pick up these so-called sidearms uh, which are like shields and swords things that you can use when uh, you get a certain amount of points and the game rewards you for stylish kills basically okay. uh, and apparently there's ways to like i think it was some they said something about like you sort of hack the code as it were to give yourself an advantage in things which are basically power-ups and uh, you know it's sort of based in in a kind of video game world but uh, what i'll say is like the combat is really really good like it's very cool. slick it's really quick it, it's like playing quake 3 uh but it's it's in a, it's a single player game so i i play quite a bit of it uh I, I don't know much about how it's gonna they're gonna do the progression but i did find out how they did all of the um the combo kills and they were cool like there was a gun where i could place a laser trap behind someone and then i could use the primary fire as a shotgun to knock them back into the lasers and that would kill them and i'd get a combo kill for that and all sorts of things like that so that was really really great yeah um cool. yeah uh, last but by no means least at um adult swim i played wasted a post-apocalyptic pub crawl <laughs> which right. is not actually sure. a pub okay uh, so it is a roguelike shooter which randomly generates a mission and your mission is to drink the holy booze you know and the holy booze is going to give you different powers yeah. you know because it's it's post-apocalyptic you want to get drunk because that's your only way of you know getting through uh, you start with a random gun with ba barely no ammo, and you sort of explore the level, and you pick up different guns, and you also get some weird-ass fucking power-ups. Like, there's a power-up I got from, uh, and you you get it by drinking alcohol. I drank an alcohol thing, and it said, um, you, got, you gained the power bricked. Whenever you kill an enemy, it shits a brick. And you can pick the brick up and throw it at the other dude and kill them with it and beat them to death with a brick that, yeah, you get the idea. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um. Of all the games I played, it was definitely the least polished. I would say. I don't think the gunplay yeah. was that great. Uh, uh, enemies were definitely bullet spongy, and, and it looks pretty outdated. You know, um, and not in a good way. I think. Whereas all the other games, like, hey, this is like pleasantly retro. You know, Katana Zero is like this is like a really good Super Nintendo game. Wasted was like this is an old Windows game. Um, 
but it's it's roguelite you it respawns and randomly generates a level every time and it's got some interesting post-apocalyptic kind of tank girl-esque humor with a little bit of fallout tossed in there and a bit of mad max which was cool um i that was definitely the game i didn't like as much as the others uh, i have to say um it was okay but i was not hugely into uh into the combat honestly uh speaking of alcohol um we played a card game called drunk quest oh okay yeah tell me about that um it was very silly we played Mm. it on the on the show floor so of course we weren't actually drinking during it but it's basically munchkin except with alcohol involved in the actual mechanics i was gonna say munchkin usually has alcohol involved anyway but (laughs) yeah um so you have like your character um where your character is from or what they're what like group they're associated with which gives you different buffs mm-hmm. um and then you have your hand of cards the cards can be equipment that are like permanent additions to you um they can be instants or uh they can be things that you apply to whatever monster you're trying to defeat okay um the way that you defeat a monster is the monster will have a certain number next to it and that's the number of sips of your drink you have to take in order to defeat it which means that say it's like my turn right i love this game already i love this game already (laughs) so if it's my turn i like turn over a monster card and it's like okay it's going to take six sips for you to defeat this monster and once you defeat it you get three treasure so the sort of cards that you can put on it everybody around you gets an opportunity to put to apply a card to the monster um that can either make it so that you have to drink more in order to defeat it um sometimes it's like take an extra drink but also get an extra treasure things Mm -hmm. like that and each person it's not like you have to jump in there before the person starts drinking right right each person gets an opportunity to put one card down and be like okay at the end now i know how many drinks i have to take and how much treasure i'm going to get and then you have to take that many drinks um some of the instant cards are literally just make any person of your choice take 10 drinks like they can be as extreme as that um and yeah and we were like so how many how many beers are you thinking that it's gonna take to like play one game and they were like oh we were trying to measure it out we're thinking it takes like around 40 to 50 sips to get through one game so i don't know maybe like five beers i was like all right (laughs) to play one game of drunk quest great uh it was it was fun and my favorite part the cards are fucking huge they're like this big and i was like did you make these huge so that when people are drunk they can still read them and they were like <laughs> you know it <laughs> so uh yeah we wound up buying that for a friend actually because it seemed like it was super fun um that, none of the other like board games yeah. yeah none of the other board games really stuck out to us honestly so that was the only one that we wound up playing for a decent amount of time and we're like okay yeah yeah let's grab this one um did either of you play dwarves uh is it called is it dwarves or we are dwarves it's called the dwarves the fucking there's so many games with dwarves in them uh uh, because the dwarves ah okay so it's uh is mm, no uh i don't recognize that yeah because there's we are the dwarves and then there's dwarves and now apparently there's the dwarves 
don't just type in the dwarves to <laughs> Google because the first thing that comes up, even though it is the dwarves.com, that's some, that's not what I thought. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> so that's not what I thought it was. Um, this is a game where I don't know what type of game you would say it is, but you're like walking with an army of dwarves that are like your dwarves. And then within, amongst amongst your, like, little army of dwarves, you have hero dwarves. And those are dwarves that you can, like, specifically control at a certain time that have, like, special abilities. Um, and you can have multiple heroes at once. Like, in the demo, it has, like, two different heroes that you can swap between. It has the sort of... I, I think the last game I played that had this was Dragon Age. It has, like, the mechanic where you can freeze everything and decide, okay, you're going to do this. And you're gonna right, do that. Yeah, pulse, and then once I yeah. unpause, everybody does what I've told them to do, right? Um, so I thought I thought that was pretty fun. It was basically just like we are we're dwarf kings, and we've got our our dwarf bros, and we're gonna come shred some stuff. Do, do the dwarfing, yeah, whatever and that we're is. We're gonna do the dwarfing, yeah. I thought that that looked really fun. Oh, it's based off a novel or a series oh. of novels. It was on Kickstarter. Um... There's so many games called dwarves. <laughs> People are super into dwarves right now. It's because we got those super hot dwarves in the Hobbit movies, and now everybody's all like, "Oh, oh, I want the sex dwarves." Oh. Okay, yeah, I'm into those sex dwarves. Let's get those. I love the sex dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I'm, 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 <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, the dwarves. All right. So, the Book of Unwritten Tales. This is the same team. Ah, oh. is it? What? Their, second kick, their first Kickstarter was Battle Worlds Chronos. Mm -hmm. They're her second Kickstarter was uh, Book of Unwritten Tales. Book of Unwritten Tales. Yeah, you loved that game, uh -huh. didn't you? I did. I love that game. So it seems like an action RPG of sorts, by the looks of it. I'm just oh, watching yes, some games shit like this. On the, on the bridge. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so satisfying. Because, yeah, the, the King Dwarf has like a sweep. If you got enough of those little dudes in your sweep, they would all just get thrown off the bridge. <laughs> You're like, yes. <laughs> it felt awesome. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That because right now on fucking Steam there is We Are the Dwarves, which yes, that's that's what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, it it does not, it, it which is not that game, and that's something called by Whale Rock. Although it is kind of similar, I think. No, actually, it's not. It, no, maybe it is because that's also like an action RPG thing. Fuck, this is so confusing. I don't know. Can you call it something that's just not the Dwarves? Could we call it something less generic than that? Because holy fuck. We have way uh, too many. Yeah, dwarfies. dwarfies. Sex dwarfs. Yeah. There you go. The sex dwarf. The sex dwarfies. Absolutely. Our super serious action RPG, the sex dwarfies. Uh, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the last game that I can remember playing is Chasm. It was a, a side-scroller RPG. It was right next to the Axiom Verge booth. And uh, I... <sighs> I don't know what to say about that game other than it had like really good response in terms of- What was of the name of it again, sorry? It's called Chasm. Ah, yes. Um, it's got a nice art style. It was super clean. Um, I liked it. And if if the whole game plays the way that the demo did, it has that whole idea of if you explore the entire map, you get like a hundred percent exploration bonus before you hit the boss and stuff like that. And they were doing the whole, if you beat the boss of our demo, then you get a poster. 
the boss wasn't super hard, but I thought that just playing the game, like the way that the game felt was really nice. And it does mm. the whole bonfire thing where, oh, every now and then you find a campfire that somebody just left behind and you can sit there and have full health. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. I know, I know what to do with these. Um, yeah, it was like- yeah, it's, That game it's was kickstarted three years ago. Like Chasm it, was? Chasm, yeah. There's even like gameplay from 10 months ago and apparently this is still not done. Damn! I mean, it was fun when I played it, but damn, that's a long time yeah, for a game I, like that. I'd definitely say so. I mean, I'm trying to find a trailer, but the last one, I think the official trailer is from three years ago, so that doesn't seem like it would be representative at all. Yeah. It's it's very, you know, it's very Sega Genesis kind of in terms of its graphic style, yeah. no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. Not, I'm not a, a world's biggest fan of that art style, I've got to admit. It's like, we may have too many games in this world that use it. Yeah. I still thought it was cute. I liked it. It's a bit Ghosts and Goblins, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, I can't summon enthusiasm for that one. I get like five of these games in my inbox every week. I'm like, God damn it, no, not another one. Look, yeah. I understand. Yeah, actually, someone pointed out in chat, it looks more like a Game Boy Advance game. Like, yeah, you're right, actually, it does. Like, Which is like Super Nintendo with less clarity, I think. You know, it's sort of like, <laughs> it's kind of got the same color palette and range as a Super Nintendo game, but it's it just mm. looks a bit blurrier. Yeah, it looks a bit like that, I guess. Yeah, that's fair enough. Word. Uh, uh, can I tell you about the pit people? Sure. I'll tell you about the pit Do people. It. Yeah, so that was the last, the last uh, game that I got to see. I mean, I, I have got a bunch more, but, you know, we're getting towards the end of the segment. Anyway, I'll get onto the news afterwards. Pit People is the new game by Behemoth, which uh, are the guys behind Alien Hominid, Castle Crashers, and Battle Block Theater. They brought, for some reason, these controllers to the event. They decided, we want to make a tactics game, but we're going to have you play it on a fight stick. But we're going to okay. alter the fight stick. The fight stick has a giant yellow lever that you pull whenever you want to end the turn. Okay. And I'm like, why did you do this? It's like, because we felt it was more satisfying. And then I pulled the lever. I'm like, you're right. I wish I could end every turn with this. It's like pulling a slot machine, basically. Hmm. So Pit People is, for all intents and purposes, a kind of hex-driven strategy game. And it is it's weird to explain because most of those games just let you move your dudes around and choose what you want to attack right mm -hmm. well this game doesn't let you choose what you want to attack which is a bit weird but you can you can kind of determine what the guy's going to attack based on what he's standing next to so if he's just standing next to one dude he's obviously going to hit that guy and you get to move each of your characters and then your characters do the attack and then there's the enemy's turn and so on and so forth you know it's very very simple initially but you play it in co-op so you control half oh, the squad each. Wait, what? Yeah, okay. um, and I asked them, like, why did you do this? Well, it's like, it, and they said, look, it's kind of in our DNA. We make games that have, like, couch play one way or the other. So when we decided we're going to make a tactics game, it was like, it's got to have couch play. If, if You know, you can still play it single player, but we want people to play it together because we think it'll be funny. And it also helps speed the game up because you can move two characters at once if you've got two dudes. Mm -hmm. So it, it actually speeds up a genre, which is otherwise kind of quite slow, usually. So I can see actually why they did it once they played it. And the fight stick 
is silly, but it was fun to use. You know, I was controlling it and then pulling the lever at the end of it. You know, it was like, this is weird, but I like it. You know, I like how this feels, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, obviously, you can play it with like a normal keyboard and mouse and everything. But mm. the storyline of it is what got me. Uh, the uh, I've got footage of it, and I'll put I'll hopefully have it on the channel in the next couple of days. But this world is kind of ruled over by a cosmic bear, and this cosmic bear just likes to fucking kill people, and it also rains acid down like like bear blood or something like that. As bears do. As bears do Assholes on the planet the and melts shit. He's an asshole, and um, he so the bandits attack this couple, and they tell the kid get inside, and so they defend, they fight off the bandits, you know, very bravely, and then the bear flattens the house with a kid in it, just out of nowhere, uh, and the guy's like no, and then goes off to fight in the pit. Where's a sweet baby boy? It's a bear. He doesn't give a fuck. Why would he? Cos giant cosmic space bear. He doesn't give any shits at all. We're specks of dust to him. Don't you get it? Indeed. Don't you get guess it, so. I guess so. I guess you're right. And besides, it inspires them to become great warriors. So they go to the pit and they start a, they join this team and they they start to recruit different characters and fight in the pit and also go and do different missions. And your base is sort of this town where the pit is, and you can upgrade all of your characters. And you can buy property there, apparently, for some reason. And you can get these different characters. And the whole thing is just a very slick, very quick tactics game that's, you know, designed to be played uh, very fast. But it's got the behemoth sense of humor and crazy shit going on all the time. And there's, there's like, some really um, interesting ideas. Like, uh, they've got the, the sort of system from... Fire Emblem, where weapons count on different things, but they made it kind of humorous. So it's like, Big Hammer counters you if you have a helmet on. So if you hit something with a helmet, with a hammer, it takes more damage and stuff like that. Um, so I found that kind of neat. If you've got a shield, arrows that kind of hit you as they try to pass you, just stick in your shield and they don't hit the guy behind you, which is pretty neat. And your guys just literally level up in the middle of combat, kind of out of nowhere, with this giant purple beam that, like, heals them back up, and you can get different equipment for them and things like that. And you can hire all sorts of different kinds of pit people who all have different abilities. And it's very out of the ordinary for them. Like, it's very different to their previous games, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. And, and the sense of humor is fucking brilliant. They have the same narrator that did Battle Block Theater, and he oh, is perfect. funny as fuck. He is really funny. Uh, the, the writing on it is just spot-on brilliant. So, I I had fun with Pit People. I think that's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. Okay. Uh, I mean, I did Bye. play more games, but we'll probably try and do news, assuming there is anything. If not, I guess we'll talk about more games. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Corruptional Podcast. Final 50 or so minutes of the show. And moving, I suppose, on to news. We're pretty much covered most of packs i mean packs itself uh, yeah there is i just uh, posted it in the in the skype group there for you the packs packs itself did not have too many announcements or anything did it not that i noticed no i didn't hear much of anything no i, I don't think um, there was really much announced at packs per se it was really just showing the stuff that they had so that's fine we don't need to talk about that but there is a story that's been going around for a number of weeks now, and I wanted to wait. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, because I really don't give a shit about WoW anymore, so I actually didn't really want to cover this. But I know Jesse definitely does give a fuck about this to some degree. 
and it's uh, a vanilla wow server yes and it's a fairly big topic i believe you talked about it as well and uh, i also wanted to wait for kind of the dust to settle because we've had various articles posted and we've also had statements from blizzard themselves which is something that i definitely wanted to talk about i wanted to make sure that blizzard had the chance to respond as opposed to going purely off the the word of you know um people running private servers and such so i would like to dive into it if if you're okay with that uh, and that is the subject of the recent shutdown after a cease and desist of what was basically, well, I mean, it is a pirate server for World of Warcraft that was running the vanilla version of the game. It was called uh, Nostalvius, um, you know, play Nostalgia or whatever. Like, like Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And apparently it was quite a large one. There were, there's been mixed claims about how many people were actually on the server. I believe there was a claim that was about yeah. 150,000 accounts, but it didn't necessarily... Um, indicate how many people were playing and how many people had multiple accounts, how many people were running bots and all sorts of things like that. Like, See, that I heard not- something like, I think I heard it was like 500,000 accounts, but around 150,000 concurrent players which would be crazy. Like, yeah, really- I heard 150,000 concurrent players, which, I mean, almost seems insane because I'm pretty sure even a vanilla WoW server couldn't run anywhere near that many, like one realm couldn't run that many at a time. Um, yeah. I heard it was like 500,000 tunes and 150,000 accounts or something like that. But the, the numbers seem like they're all over the place. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like it's it's very difficult to figure out exactly how many people were really playing. Uh, I mean, the, the English one claims there were 1 million gaming accounts of some sort. I'm like, really? Like, you sure about that? I don't know. Like, but, you know, it's it's very, it's very hard to know. Uh, how many there actually were because you're also relying pretty much entirely on the word of the people who were running this right you know um they you know the people who were running the server so it's in their best interest to make it look as huge as possible so mm-hmm. they their numbers are and i've got their numbers here eight hundred thousand accounts one hundred fifty thousand active accounts so okay. yeah i don't know how accurate that is I don't and have a clue. A much lower number of concurrent players, I assume. I, I would very much imagine. Uh, apparently, it uh, according to people in chat, it was fifteen thousand concurrent across two servers, and some people were claiming about five thousand concurrent, which is about you know that's reasonable sized realm size, you know, for World yeah. of Warcraft. Uh, uh, apparently, the default cap of server was five hundred thousand connections, not including the sysop channels for admins, according to people in chat. So, uh, it's again a lot of those numbers hard to judge. Hard to say how accurate they were. Anyway, uh, back to the story itself. So the story is fairly predictable because this has happened many, many times. Uh, this was is a pirate server, as are any servers that run the WoW code without being World of Warcraft. It is a subscription-based game. So essentially playing the game without a subscription is piracy. There's really no way to slice it otherwise. And the server was eventually given a cease and desist by blizzard it was taken Which down i think people expected for a while <laughs> i would i would think so i w- i would think so because this has happened before private servers don't generally stay up that long um but it is worth noting that not all of the private servers were doing what nostalvius was doing which was running a vanilla version of the game so the argument that Nostalvius and their admins and the volunteers that were running it and also the people who are playing it are basically making is that actually this version of the game does not exist anymore now this is this is wow vanilla you have no way to play this game anymore it doesn't exist right. so i Why think that have it, it 
yeah, it's why not let us have it? Is it really piracy? I mean, you're essentially making the abandonware argument at that point. You're saying that this game, you're not selling vanilla WoW anymore. Vanilla WoW, even if you buy just WoW and you don't even buy an expansion, you don't get to play vanilla WoW. You play our new version of WoW, which is Cataclysm Plus. You know, it's Cataclysm uh, Onwards WoW, where shit was broken and everything like that. So, that was the argument they made, which obviously holds no legal water at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. And the, there was an article on Game Informer written by Mike Futter, who is one of the good ones, who was talking about uh, Blizzard's stance on this in terms of intellectual property and protecting that intellectual property, as well as protecting IP and having to aggressively protect it. So the answer, according to J. Allen Brack, when asked the question, why not just let Nostalvius continue the way it was, was the honest answer is failure to protect against intellectual property infringement would damage Blizzard's rights. This applies to anything that uses WoW's IP, including unofficial servers. While we've looked into the possibility, there is no clear legal path to protect Blizzard's IP and grant an operating license to a pirate server at the same time. Uh, they so also, they have to be all or nothing, is the idea. Essentially, the, yeah, they, they they claim, and I'm not I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to comment if this is true, but it I mean it certainly sounds like it might be. It certainly sounds like it would be very complex to be able to license the technology out in such a way to a server like that without losing a lot of rights over their IP, which obviously they don't want to do. Not to mention the fact that licensing out their technology for free on a subscription-based model is maybe not the best idea ever, but one way or the other, they claim, and this is in, this is straight from the horse's mouth, this is from their public statement, that there was no clear legal path to protect their IP and grant an operating license to the private server. So you can't just live and let live. And this is the case with, um, I know this is the case with trademarks in the US. If you do not aggressively protect your trademark, if you don't go after people that use it, you can lose it. Because you basically, court says, well, you obviously didn't care enough to protect it, so we're going to make it generic. And that's a huge risk for people that own intellectual property. Now, Blizzard also says they were looking into so-called pristine realms. The idea that it would strip out things like character boosts, friend recruitment, character transfers, and stuff like that. Uh, which is not really what I think people were looking for at all, was it, Jesse? Well, this is a question that's been asked to Blizzard at every BlizzCon ever. Since the beginning of BlizzCons, is are they just going to create a server that was vanilla WoW? And every time they've said no, they they've said it's you know the story we're telling, the game we're making is a progressing one, and you know it's been their policy since the beginning that this wasn't something that they were going to do. And they've even tried and, and to see if it was possible, and every time they've tried, they've been like it just it's not going to happen. And so this is like, there to me, this is one of those things that. There's never been a hint on Blizzard's end that this was something that they were okay with and that no. they wanted to exist to begin with. So I get that there's like a huge commotion and there's a lot of people that are, are angry over the idea like, oh, Blizzard's killing these this indie community who just wants to have fun with this game. Yes, in indie Blizzard's community, bad. also known as it is piracy, literal piracy. Right, right. There's it, no it, other way to look at it. It's piracy. Yeah, it sucks that that these these guys you know i imagine at the end of the day they just want to have fun like I yeah of course it's, it's not like people are being malicious you know i get that right. they're not going we're gonna rip off blizzard Arr. no i mean you can make the argument that especially if those people want to play vanilla wow they probably weren't subbed to real wow anyway because real wow didn't give them the experience they wanted 
You know, which it, you can make an argument that's a service problem there. Yeah, it's one of those things that they enjoyed that one period of WoW, and they really just wanted that experience again. And yeah. like, I don't fault them for that, and I and, you know I can't say anything bad about that. It's someone they clearly really enjoyed that part of the game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But but you know it's been a Blizzard policy forever. Like it just that's not they're not going to tolerate that. So I mean. They got away with it for as long as they did and then got caught. Like, it sucks, it's shitty, but them's the rules. Like, I mean, I don't know. that's the risk that you take when you set something like this up. Like, no one, I, I think, goes into this thinking that it's going to last forever. You know, they try and fly under the radar as much as possible. The, the reality is Nostalgia's got too big and Blizzard had to do something about it. They couldn't just ignore it. Yeah. As, especially if it was advertising itself and people actually knew about it. The, I think, um, the... Uh, the thing that keeps being thrown around to make Blizzard look more like the bad guys in this whole thing is, oh, well, the only reason they're doing it now is because they're bleeding subscribers and stuff like that. Mm, no, it's still the most popular MMO that's got a subscription in the yeah. world. Um, and let's be honest, when Legion comes out, it's going to surge again. They're bleeding subs because they're coming towards the end of an expansion. This, it, you know, It goes in waves. It always goes in waves. You know, WoW's not as popular as it used to be, but it's still fucking huge. Yeah, it's it's the biggest one out there, and it's it's not a problem with WoW. It's a problem with the genre. The yeah, gen like MMORPGs are just uh, uh, like they had their popularity, and now so other games have come along and and leached off the popularity of that to to get the the players. It's yeah. not you know, it's just the genre. Um, I think yeah, this is one of those things that you know, WoW as they create each expansion, sort of adds more and more and more and more and more. And so even though a lot of people have the idea that like, well, why can't they just create, you know, a server called Thrall and all it is 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 old school WoW. I can't even imagine the amount of work it would take to keep that running, like to regress everything. Do they even have vanilla WoW? Like, do they still I have know, the actual I... source code? Like, can they even, if they, even if they wanted to, could they set up a server vanilla WoW? I have no idea. Maybe yeah, not. And, and... And everything they've said so far makes it seem like they're saying, no, it's not going to Like We can't do it. And it, uh, the amount of time and energy to just go and recreate that and then have people in charge of that uh, for such a small niche is, is tough. It's a tough sell to a company like Blizzard who has so much other stuff going on. And yeah. so... You know, I mean, I, it's, I, it's not even just that. Like, I think it it's down to, is there enough proof that even if they were able to do this, even if they had the infrastructure, which I'm pretty sure right now they do not. I mean, fuck, I own one of this, the servers that used to run that shit. They don't have those anymore. They're literally in people's houses. You know, they'd have to set everything up again. Even if that were the case, would people actually play them enough to justify running them? Because you can give the nostalgia numbers all you like, but one, we don't know how accurate they are, and secondly, we don't know how many people were actually playing, how many were, were bot accounts, and how many people would literally stick around for more than a few months. Right. That would actually justify the monumental effort of setting those things up. You know, you'd also have to have an entirely different support team. Think about it. The, the knowledge that the GMs have right now is completely inapplicable to Vanilla WoW. But if you were to create a Vanilla WoW server, you would have to also support it. So you'd need tech support staff, you'd need GMs, people that were actually trained to be able to solve the problems of a Vanilla server that ran eight years ago. I, I love the argument in chat that's like, well, if these guys can do it, why can't Blizz do it? 
Because they could barely do it. This thing was held together by string and glue. Yeah, Blizzard's good. If they did it, they'd come at they'd it. Do like, it right. right. Well, our name is attached to this. If it's guess who's gonna freak out if it doesn't work perfect. Literally everybody. Is is the difference between a free pirate server that no one expects to work properly and a Absolutely. Blizzard server that people expect to run flawlessly? Yeah. Yeah. There's two. To it's like this. It's a double standard there. It's two totally different. It's completely standards. different things. False equivalency. You, you definitely can't compare the two. Uh, yeah, it's it's a sucky, sucky situation, but, I mean, the rules is the rules, and, and like... <laughs> Again, I, I, to I, remind I, you, it's literally yeah. software piracy, you know? I We just want to remind you of that, like, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't know why it was that people expected me to support this, it's like, no, I can't publicly support piracy, what the fuck are you talking about? That's crazy. I get why people want to play it. Trust me, I do. You know, do you think I don't have the nostalgia, little nostalgia bumps every now and again? Or it's like, I want to go back and play Vanilla WoW? Because I remember playing that, it was one of the best times of my life, but ultimately I don't think I'd have the same experience if I did. You know? I don't think that would happen. I understand why people want to do it. But ultimately, Blizzard, who owns the IP, doesn't seem to think there's enough of a market to it to justify the cost, which I imagine would be exorbitant, of sorting something like that out. I, it's, I, not, it's not worth it for them to put so much effort and resource into making vanilla server. They're not going to do it. And they and they gave us, when they did their 10-year anniversary, they gave us a little bit of like, oh, here's Molten Core, here's what Molten Core was like, and oh, we're going to do... like. They're willing to, like, it, it clearly is, like, I don't know, I haven't heard them say this, but it clearly is, like, a company policy. Like, look, we're going to keep moving forward and keep creating new things. This is what we do, and we're not going to go back. And they've gone out of their way. Like, they, they give people little things here and there, like, hey, here's here's some of what you used to love. Like, isn't that cool? And, you know, it's it's this is just one of those situations that I feel like they're trying a lot. And, yeah. and it's, they're not going to make it. The people who want this nostalgia server, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be happy, no matter what happens here. So it's unfortunate. It sucks, but it's. Just, I mean, that's just the way it is. It's. It. Sorry, guys. Like it. It, it is. It's uh, shitty. It's shitty, know. but that's the way it is. Yeah, and it also unfortunately is the way that the you know the Blizzard. Uh, well, not even just Blizzard, just generally software licensing works. You know, yes, yeah. you buy the. It's like people are like, well, I bought the disc. Yeah, and you own the disc. You don't own the IP that's on it. I'm afraid. Yeah, look at the look at the when. You, that's you not. I you know, I kind of wish that it worked that way, but simultaneously things would probably go to hell if it did. Look at look at every, I would say almost every MMORPG's box. If you bought the box, not the digital thing, but the box, somewhere in there, it literally. Even though my camera totally froze. Hi. It did. Yeah, which is uh, weird, but <laughs> hey, you still. I can still hear you though. I'm, I'm so thinking. Yeah. Indeed. Somewhere in there, is some type of message that says like the the content that you it, it could change the stuff you're buying right now especially in mmo yeah. yeah it's like what you bought on this disc probably will change and th that's all part of that like look they the idea is they're going to change things and that's how they work and but jesse there's a petition there's a petition well if there's a petition thousand signatures on it they can't just they can't just I don't have my glasses on. They can't just <laughs> ignore it. I mean I mean, yes, they can, because signing a petition can. online totally takes no can. effort at all. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, and even then, as we said, even if they wanted to do it, we don't know how technically feasible it is. 
Now, and and it is as you said, MMOs. When you buy into an MMO, you your part of that agreement is that it is going to change. You are not going to have the same experience that you had eight years ago. If you don't want that to happen, don't buy MMOs. You know? There you are. Spe Hi, Jessup. Oh, great! You swap position with Dodger now. You're staying in Dodger's Yay! window. I'm not moving you anymore. Hey, I'm Jesse. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've they pretty much they've already answered the petition anyway in that statement that I would just that I t I read off ten minutes ago. You know, yeah, it, it, a slip swap, good times. Sorry, it, continue. It's it's just it's just it, it feels to me and it sucks because it feels to me that most of the anger is coming from people that probably were never attached to that server to begin with, people who saw a internet. Like, like a, a movement, a movement, a, a bandwagon they wanted to kind of jump yes, on. Yes, and, and and it changed. Like, I truly, truly, I'm just like I. The the outrage came much after the fact. It did. So yeah. Everyone jumped on. It's like okay. Where were you when? Where, where were you when this was going on? You know, a, a lot of people got very upset after it got shut down. They didn't get upset prior to it. You know, they didn't push back prior to it. You know, and I'm aware that the people who were playing on Astalvius did. But uh, as you said, you know, even if if we even if we believe those stats of 150,000 active accounts, that means 100,000 more people signed the server that never played on. You know, signed the petition that never played in the server. You know, yeah. and I have to wonder how many of those are just ex-jaded WoW players that signed it on 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 principle, as opposed to anything else. And think, oh yeah, I'd oh, love sure. a vanilla server at some point. Maybe you would. Sure, yeah. Maybe maybe, but, maybe you would, but I, like I don't I know. Said at the very beginning, like that's the thing that's been asked to Blizzard, and everybody's kind of ever been to. Always, and they're not willing to do it. And they've always said no, and no one's ever like, well, I'm gonna start a petition. No one's ever done that after that was answered no. Because people are like, all right, well, that sucks, but we get you. It, this feels like one of those things where it was a lot, like a few people were kind of pissed and, and like, you know what, we need, this doesn't seem fair to us. We put in a lot of work to this and that sucks. That happens all the time. That happens to videos we upload that are immediately copyrighted. And we're like, I put a lot of work oh, into yeah. it. That sucks. <laughs> I can't do a shitty thing about it. Sorry. Uh, you want to go to court, videos. you know, in which case, yeah. you know, have fun with that. Have fun with Blizzard's lawyers. Yeah. As to whether or not they are right about not supporting some sort of legacy content, you know, I personally, on the side of yes, I think you should support some sort of legacy content. And because yeah, I, I believe that WoW went down, downhill after TBC, you know, I would prefer to go back and play The Burning Crusade. Oh, you, oh, you don't like Wrath was my favorite. I, Wrath is yeah. where everything started to go wrong. I mean, you know, the, oh, there were definitely false. some things in Wrath that I liked, but. <laughs> wrong. You know, if I could have my way, I'd love to go back and play the TBC in the same way that I did, or more accurately, just have a, have a way in which you could do that with phasing or something along those lines. Like, make sure that the experience that you get to play through to the end of TBC is the experience that we got playing it at the time. You know, I think that there's the unfortunate unfortunate reality of any MMO, especially when you, you, you uh, make these areas irrelevant after you uh, got the next expansion and you make them ghost towns, you know, and that was always the way. You know, I would love for, you know, the Outland to be super populated again and be super relevant to everybody again and... You know, I, I guess it is going to be in Legion in some form, but they're going to change things. You know, it's not going to be the same. And that sucks, but simultaneously, that's also what you sign on for when you get an MMO. Like, you know? like I said, it says on you didn't, the box. You didn't buy Dragon Age. You know, you didn't buy a game that's not going to change. You bought into a game that does change. And as a result, unfortunately, I think you, 
that if anything that's an unwritten contract that you signed up to you know you agreed that that was how it was going to work and now you know you're back in saying oh god i wish that it didn't go that way but it did and it was predictable you know and i think blizzard's explanation is relatively sound i don't know how much legal water it holds but what i can tell you for a fact is that they own the fucking ip and they can tell people to a greater or lesser extent what you're allowed to do with it you know, I know some people are competitors like, oh, well, you know, what about uh, emulating a console? Isn't that the same thing? No, I assume not. You know, emulating a console doesn't use any of those assets. You know, the part of the license of using World of Warcraft is that you do so with a subscription. It, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on with that. You know, they're running a server which essentially has assets on it as well. It's I mean, it's stupidly complicated and i don't think like literal i don't think anyone including us fully understands the discussion you know we need actual lawyers no. to talk about it because it's a very gray area really fucking gray area it's something that people have not gone to court to investigate yet i don't think it's something that you can even compare to emulating uh like a console system or well no because you're emulating hardware not software right well not only that you can still play those things right yeah. like it's a totally different conversation because what, what you can own really a ps2 and just put your disc in not yeah. play vanilla yeah. WoW anymore. no you can't no play it anywhere it's not like when i'm like oh i'm gonna get an emulator for the old sega genesis aladdin game that i still own in my garage somewhere and yeah. can totally play you know yeah and there's a reason you know legal there are legal protections exist for emulators for that reason because they want you to still and, and but that is the weird argument isn't it because someone's going to turn around and say well i own the original vanilla wow disc and i can't play it anymore I was like, well, yeah, you're right, but unfortunately, that's part of the agreement that you sign up to when you get an MMO, that the content is going to change. That content on that disc is not relevant anymore. It doesn't function anymore. You can't use it. And you can argue, I should be able to emulate it, but then you get onto, you know, license agreement, and again, the kind of rights that Blizzard has over its own property. And even if Blizzard didn't have those rights, don't you think they probably should? Because they designed a game that was designed around a subscription model. And that's how they keep their servers running, and that's the the conditions under which they license you to use those assets in that form. If you bypass that, that is piracy, one way or the other. You can try to kind of snake your way out of it, but I think that if you ask most people, they'd say, yeah, that kind of is piracy. Isn't it? Mm. You know? E even if it wasn't, you know, can't you just argue, well, that's kind of a, you know, that's using a ROM, necessarily. And then you say, oh, well, you know, I own the disc. Yeah, yeah but... It's not that the disc didn't matter with the MMO. You didn't own anything. There wasn't even anything on the disc, you know, because the server is a key component to everything that's on that disc. The server is the game. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You know, you had assets installed on your PC, so you didn't have to stream them down. But it's not the same situation at all. You know, and I, I don't know if my analogies are right or wrong, because the situation is so fucking complicated. I'm not going to pretend to know everything about this situation. <laughs> yeah. I don't we think anyone does. Videos on the internet. No, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we're not lawyers, no. and neither are you. More to the point, you know, the people <laughs> saying, "Wait, well, you know what's going on?" You really don't. No, no, no. Don't say that because somebody in there's like, "Um, I actually I'm am actually a an IP and... lawyer." Like, oh, okay. In which case, I defer to your judgment. But if you are not a seasoned intellectual property lawyer with a specialty in the digital space, then I'd strongly recommend not making authoritative statements on the matter. But. I mean, yeah, okay, the whole thing's sad, you know, and I, I have no ill will towards Nostalrius or anyone that played on it. Why would you? You know, they just wanted a different experience. But I also have no ill will to Blizzard for protecting their intellectual property. 
And I have no ill will for them to saying we can't create the server environment that we had 10 years ago. You know, and even if we could, maybe it would be too expensive to justify it. Or we just don't want to. You know, one thing that people don't consider is that what about the rights of the creator and the artist to present the world in the way that they want it to be presented? They clearly think, rightly or wrongly, that this current version of WoW is the best version of their world right now. A world mm -hmm. that they own, that they created. And they they have the right. To play that version. They yeah, do. I mean, I, I dare not attempt to get in the head of Metzen, but I imagine this is <laughs> like, this is the game they want you to play. That's why it has become this way. And they don't want you to play old Vanilla WoW because that's not the game they want to present to the world. And and that's just like the way it is. That's how this works. Well, technically, Vanilla WoW doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, huh? it's gone. Like it, and uh, the it, version that the Stalius was playing is not exactly the same as what was back then. That's not actually Vanilla WoW, if you think about it. It is a interpretation of Vanilla WoW. Yeah, it's using most of the assets. It's not exactly the same though. Yeah, it. They have the right to change it, rightly or wrongly. You know, you can argue George Lucas had the right to change Star Wars. Was he wrong to do it? Probably, but it's his right. Was it wrong for them to put in walkie-talkies in E.T. instead of guns? Rightly or wrongly, doesn't matter. They have the right to do that. And it's, it's this kind of thing that, you know, this week, it's this week and, and a little bit last week, when everyone's emailing me, and I'm sure you guys probably got the same We thing. got what fucking hundreds of emails on think? this. But, you know, I didn't, want, I didn't want to even talk about this. I didn't respond to one. I didn't talk about it at all. Because in my in my reality, I'm not sure what it's like with the rest of the internet, but in my reality, this is like the case closed. There's no big argument here. It sucks. That's yes, not, uh, it you sucks. Know, yeah. If you play on the server, that sucks for you. But what you were doing was illegal, and Blizzard has the right to do this. So... It was probably going to happen eventually. Yeah, what am I going to add to this besides what a number of videos did, which was like... Oh boy, we rah, gonna... rah, 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 rah. there's a lot of rah, 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 rah about it. I'm gonna you get know? a lot of internet money from this. Like that's all that happened. I was like, yeah, I mean, right. and I get some people were like legitimately passionate about it, like JonTron, and then there's a bunch of other people that clearly did not give a fuck, but just wanted to make some money off the drama and fuck those people. Yeah, there was like, a lot of people who just out of nowhere were like, "Here's my opinion." I was like, "Cool, all right." Do you well, even I... play World of Warcraft? Probably not. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I have, I have no, I was like, all right, well, that's cool and all, but I have no opinion on the matter because it's not my place to have an opinion because it's, it's, it's the law. Like it sucks, but it's the law. So yeah, I mean, it's, the, the, it brings up various other topics like, uh, and, and you know, things that I'm passionate about, like games preservation, for instance, but I think MMOs are this weird and awful unique case and maybe are broken by design in that regard that MMOs consistently change. And then we're, if we're talking about the preservation of an MMO, what version? 1.1? 1.2? 2.1? 3.1? Which version? All of them? None of them? Uh, some weird hybrid? How do we preserve an MMO? And at what point do you say, this is the version we want to keep? Right. And you even, know? Though it's, even though it's a slippery slope argument, what I'm about to say... When you're like, oh, we have vanilla, then there's going to be people like TB who are uh, like... Well, I want TBC. Vanilla was shit, by the way. Yeah. By the way, vanilla yeah. was shit. Just want to point that out. If you don't think vanilla was shit, Absolutely. You, oh, you, you have an adult mind. TBC was fucking the best. Easy. Yeah. And he and thinks Wrath was the best, you know? Yeah, I think Wrath was the best, TB. So I'd be like, where's my Wrath server? Yeah. I, I loved I loved the story in Wrath. I loved the fact that I could do it solo. Where's my Pandaria server? Wait, nobody right. wants that. Uh, and you know there's going to be people who want all these different things. It's just going to be a mess for Blizzard to give into... It, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just trouble. It's just one of those things that 
it's better for them to be like, no, and flat out just say no, than deal with all the other hassle that comes with saying yes once. Which yeah. sucks. So, mm. you know, you just have it's... to accept it as it is. And, and Take this well, I mean, I don't, th I don't think they have to accept it. I think that pro protesting it and putting up a petition and everything is fine. But they have to also accept at that point, you know, that's as far as they can go with it. Like, what can you? Yeah, you, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can, you can boycott the company. You know, yeah. you can take them somehow to court, maybe through some kind of class action or good luck with that. You know, you can talk and you can protest online, and that is your right as a consumer, and you should do it if you feel like that's the right thing to do. But I, mean, I don't know. Expectations is what we're looking for. Temper your expectations. Nothing is going to happen, most likely, from you doing this. Um, well, yeah. Actually, if anything, what would happen is by the end of a class action lawsuit, we would have a definitive answer on what like an MMORPG stands for as like content. Like, here's like, the thing: you might not like the answer. That's, oh yeah. Oh, you might. They may rule against you, and if they do that, that's precedent. Now you're fucked. You know, yeah, now yeah. you're super fucked. That is, that is the dangerous thing about all of that, is that once they're like, oh, apparently we really need to make this set in We need to rule on it, yeah. And fuck things over in the future. And, that, and then that go there goes all your other servers for all your other games. Yep. You yeah, you want people going to jail or getting sued out of existence for it? Because, you know, it's potentially that would would be what would happen if there was a precedent uh, set. You know, there are. I'm pretty sure there are some precedents set, because didn't they do it like, against botting and things like that? Um... Uh, I know there was there was, there's an issue with the EU uh, where the EU laws for software licensing are different to the US. That complicates even, things even further, by the way. You know, and I'm pretty sure that and Blizzard actually lost the case in the EU a few years ago with regards to software licensing. Um, you know, it's it's all fucking crazy. Um, it's all I'll just say is it's sad. You know, and I understand why people wanted to play on it. You know, if and if people come and yell at me after this for saying this, even though I didn't want to discuss it, then go fuck yourself. That's that's going to be my response to all of these fucking requests in future. Because I know all of us got bombarded on this subject. Because we're ex-WoW players or connected to Blizzard in some way. Everyone's like, give us your fucking opinion, you fuck! Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I, I haven't played WoW in four years. Why do, why do you want my opinion? I don't want to talk about this. I logged in yesterday. Oh. <laughs> I'm a giant nerd. No, I, look, it's, yeah, I, I miss something. Like, I did not like Pandaria. I hated that expansion. Yeah. Some of some of Warlords, I'm like, uh, all right, Facebook game. Like a lot of this new stuff, I'm like, this is not for not me. good. Other yeah. things are awesome, like the new art assets and the new like mu like. There's a lot in the game they keep adding that I'm like, that's really cool. But it's their like it's their game. They can do whatever the hell they want with it, and it's your right as a consumer to be like, well, this isn't for me. I'm leaving. And that's how that works. Yeah, that's, that's your ba your basic consumer right is stop giving them your money. Yeah. Which is that's, a that's right that more people like should fucking exercise, frankly. I'm not just talking about Blizzard, I'm talking about any company. The amount of you that keep throwing money at Ubisoft despite the fact that they keep releasing games that you don't actually like blows my mind. Stop it. Stop pre-ordering whatever next AAA game they have, you know? You want power as a consumer? Then you've got to resist buying whatever it is that they're trying to market to you. That's your power as a consumer, to not give your money to them. Yeah. And yeah. they're still the biggest MMORPG out there, so there are apparently people who like what they create. And yeah. that's just... There you go. That, I mean, yeah, that's, I guess that's our opinion on it, you know? And I guess a lot of people are going to get mad about that, and I will guess I'll tell them to go fuck themselves, because I'm sick of it. Whatever, you know? <laughs> Don't yeah, before, Be careful what you wish for, you know, when you ask for what we've got to say on before, subjects. Before you get mad at any of us, ask why you're mad. Like, reflect for a minute, 
Who are you Think actually about mad why at? why you're angry. Why are you mad? Is it because- Are you angry at us or are you actually angry at yourself? Oh. Wow. The answer is actually yourself. Just, <laughs> just spoiler. It's, it's I mean, that or okay. U.S. intellectual property law. You could be mad yeah, at one that of the too. Two. Yeah. One way or the other, we didn't write that. So maybe back the fuck off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or we'll get a couple of those Paxin forces. They've got some spare time. They'll they'll dust you up. Yeah, so they got guys. nothing to do until yep. the next Pax. So. Yep. Kick your ass. Yep. Yep. Well, one of the girls was gardeners. Fucking gonna murder you look she's gonna crush your head between her arms like this Rah! scary like this that's like terrifying. this yeah like that <laughs> wanna... real talk the ones you gotta watch out for the utility kilt guys Those oh guys, yes watch out for uh, them you you might be like oh nice kilt they're like motherfucker i will break you <laughs> <laughs> those are my guys i see them i'm like dude we each you follow other. me you follow me <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah, I'll make I, it worth your while. I watched a guy get thrown out. Actually, that ducked under the yellow rope to try and like skip the line for our panel, oh. and and one day the forces just fucking shoved him back out. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yes. If you were the guy who got thrown out, and you're really yeah, sad we're really sorry, we're really sorry, but yeah, we're kind of sorry about that. But but Why did but you yeah, do that? but stop doing that. Yeah, quit it. Stop. Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, stop doing that. Uh, nice fun little story before we do uh, releases, by the way. A yes. uh, nice quick one. ESL banned the esports team that was sponsored by Uporn. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were like, I don't know if we should have porn associated. Uh, uh. They let that go for a long time, though. They actually I did. I give them credit for that. There are actually some leagues that do not have that problem, uh, but it's not. Oh, fuck, man. Come on. ESL is corporate sponsor to the high heavens. They're now one of the biggest, if not the biggest, esports league in the world outside of Riot's own internal oh, it's thing. All, it's all PR. And, and, of and course. Yeah. Of course they would. Yeah. All right. it's, all, it's, all, it's all about just like, oh, well, we don't. I mean, we're trying to get on the ESPNs now. We don't need, we don't need the porn, which is like, all right, cool. But you were taking, the, like, their money stuff was involved before that, though. Just so we're all, you know, all right. Sure, we get it, but <laughs> yeah. As as sad, you know, unfortunately, the reality of it, especially in the United States, is that pornography is still considered to be a vice and not good. A and vile, a vile thing. A vile thing. thing, you know. Despite the fact that almost everybody fucking watches it, and it's clearly like a massively two-faced thing, and the people that banned them no doubt also watch porn every fucking night. ESL, I have no doubt. Oh, we know. Oh, we we know what those fat pipes are for. Don't worry. When you're not using them for your tournaments, we know exactly what's going on over there at ESL <laughs> headquarters. But everyone knows ESL's known for hardcore pornography. ESL are a bunch yeah. of wankers. Let's yes. be honest. I, a I'm, actual. I'm never going to be hired by them again at this point. That's fine. <laughs> I, they they pay shit anyway. But one one way or the I'm definitely not getting hired now. Anyway, it's okay. I've got dream hack still. But the, the it's it's not in any way surprising at all that this would eventually happen, especially when yeah. they've got connections with TV and everything like that. I I personally think it's fucking stupid. You know, there is nothing wrong with fucking porn. You know, it's a legitimate website. Everyone watches that shit. It's a legitimate business. It makes a ton of money, especially in the United States. We absolutely should not be stigmatizing it or the I'll people involved in it. I will put you at the front of all my videos. Like, look, if you want to jerk it before you watch this. And you know what? You'll get banned from YouTube for it, most likely. That's the problem. Yeah, but it'll you be know? worth it. If, <laughs> and get it banned for promoting porn. 
You can't get banned for just having the you porn logo on a video. I think if you're being sponsored by them, it's quite likely that you would. Let's um, test it, you porn. Let's test it. Can, well, let me put this way. Let's see if you can find an example of a channel that's actually sponsored by you porn. No has... one's brave enough. No, I'd probably not. I think it will be a very much a one-shot deal, maybe. But... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do not think that YouTube would let that go for that long. Honestly, I, I do I do not. Um, yeah, again, it sucks. Um, but I'm not again. I'm not going to blame yourself for that because they're, they're tied to so many corporate sponsors that are not okay with that. And you go, ultimately they're doing what the money says they have to do, and it's sad. You know, maybe when when we're all eighty or ninety years old and in our rocking chairs, we'll see a time when it will be acceptable for a site like YouPorn to be on someone's sports But jersey. I'll have my sex robot by then, so I won't give a damn. I mean, I guess, yeah. You know, <laughs> YouPorn's going out of business. Everyone's going to have uh, everyone's gonna have their own sex, sex robot, so they don't need it. Uh, sex bots. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I believe there is actually, strictly in their terms of service, you're not allowed to do that. But, yeah. So, sucks, but... Uh, no, I no uh, ha- have, yes. have a YouTube sponsorship from a porn site. That's... Oh, well... Good. I, I look, that's fine as long as I get my sex bots. P- pretty sure you're not allowed to do that. Floral. Okay. Yeah. Floral sex bots. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was any. Is it, I'm just surprised they were able to go as long as they were. Hey. 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 It's all editing. It's all editing. Editing and drugs. Don't worry about it. The porn? You know, I actually watched an, I watched an interesting documentary oh. about VR porn, um, by the way. In terms of that, this is actually related to what you were saying about editing. Apparently, uh, VR porn is a hell of a lot harder to make because you can't edit it as don't much. Don't say. <laughs> well, I mean, the setup is very simple. It's like the camera is like this sort of globe thing that, you know, films like 180 or 210 degrees or something like that um, view. And... Apparently, they've got to sort of be careful about where they stand and stuff like that, and how the performers have to lean back a lot, supposedly, because otherwise they're giant in everyone's face. Like, what the fuck? I can't see anything. But the main thing was the uh, there was this woman who was the like producer on it, and she was explaining the science behind the filming of it. And there's a ton of problems with editing the the porn because if you do too many hard cuts, you see what I mean, hard cuts, then you I get ma- it. <laughs> I got that joke. Dodge's face is like, what the fuck? Um, you make people motion sick because, of course, you break sure. the perspective all the time. So you've got to actually do the whole thing kind of as one or the edit's got to be really good. Like, you've got to make sure if they're, you know, going round two, that the person's right back in exactly the same place for the edit. It's apparently really fucking technical and difficult to do. So there you go. It doesn't surprise me. Look, they're spending so much money to make that work. I can't wait. I, the I feel be- like you'd also. I don't know why you're talking about. Can't wait. It's been gone for two years. You can easily get you know it. What I'm saying, like, like well, all the time and energy they're putting into, like, we have to make this porn. Figuring out how to do it. Yeah. Yes, it's gonna. Yeah, they're learning the brand new direction techniques, which could actually end up being applied to other down things. Down the line to everything else. Everything it else actually will. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you need like like a little crotch strap, because like. Wouldn't it be kind of like when TB was saying that when you're walking first person? I'm not. I'm not kidding. Me associated with this, but okay, go on. Like when you're walking first person in a VR game, you feel like motion sick because you're not actually moving. Like are you saying? Are you saying a, you feel wiener sick? Yeah, you'll you'll need you'll need like 
the VR headset, but you'll also need like a crotch set so that whatever you're doing with your crotch, like the game knows. So right? they they explained this as well in the documentary. I can't, I don't know if it was Wired or I don't know who it was that did the documentary, but if you look at it on YouTube, <laughs> um, they explained. So the porn is basically filmed uh, from uh, if it's if it's you know the guy and girl. Uh, the guy isn't is usually sat in a fixed perspective. He doesn't move. The girl does all the moving. Okay. So and so you don't feel motion sick because if he actually was doing the moving, then yeah, you probably would feel motion sick. So yeah, they explained all that. Like the director, she knew a shitload about the fucking uh, you know filmography and everything like that. And cinematography it was crazy. I would love to sit down and talk with her and be like, how? She knew how a ton genius. of it. It was crazy. Genius. Tell yeah. me more. Yeah. So. It you know, and, and as you said, it's going to be weird because I imagine a lot of that stuff is going to end up applying to VR film concerts and games at some point. Absolute, those techniques. Yeah. Can you imagine concerts where you just like you get a front row seat, but you don't even have to go to the damn concert? Uh, Holy shit! That dream. sounds great. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're already launching a service like that. Like, um, and, yeah. uh, and I mentioned the thing before with WWE as well, who were thinking of doing it. You know, and again, I would be happy with that. Like, if that would be great, not having to pay to go to a, well you obviously have to pay for the film but go to a concert just be able to experience the concert kind of in the crowd and yes. yeah that's great it's, it's uh, that sounds like great and use for the technology when they like when some yahoo in the front sits with a big old hat you're like i can't move now i'm stuck here or they stand up and you're like fuck that person stood up i can't stand up uh, well, I mean, apparently they were going to do it like because um, uh, they were considering how to do it. They were going to re they reserve a seat like in a stadium, yeah. and then they have someone like a security guard who guards the camera basically to stop people from getting too close to it. Um, so that's how they're, apparently they're going to do it. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's an. Well, I, I mean, if you did it in the middle of a crowd, that probably wouldn't work. But if you did it on a you know in a arena seating, it would work. Oh man, Can't, I mean, yeah, you, would, so you wouldn't get the energy. You know, you wouldn't feel the same sort of energy you feel when you're. You also wouldn't get the diseases and all that other stuff, you know. So I, you know, I take it. Once they have VR moshes, once they like send a dude out there with a 360 camera moshing, that's that's when I'll get it. That's where you get motion sick. Jesus, you're gonna match the exact movements of the mosh, otherwise you get super sick. It'll just be me in my room just jumping. Like, Dance yeah! like nobody's watching. Mosh yeah. like no one's watching. Just bar like no one's watching. Just knock over the crockery and <laughs> things everywhere. Just shit flying all over the place. Alright, yeah, so we've managed to cover private servers and porn. This was a great news section. Let's uh let's Perfect. go on to releases, shall we, and wrap up the show. Yeah, do we do we have the list? Yeah, or? I just I just posted it in the Skype group. You should be able to great. grab that. There we go. Excellent. So, I can't wait for how angry people get about the private server discussion. Go fuck yourself. That's going to be the answer to everything for that one. I'm just looking to make sure. Okay. Careful what you wish for. To... Holy shit. Hyper Devotion Noir Goddess Blackheart is currently number two on the Steam sales. How is it that Hyper Dimension games do as well as they fucking do? Is it the boobs? It's the boobs, isn't it? Uh, I mean, probably. It's probably. It's I was going to guess. We're not there yet, though, TB. All right. April 26th. Right. April 26th. We've got Seraph. S E R A P H. S-E-R-A-P-H. It is early access. And it is a skill-based acrobatic shooter without aiming. Take on the role of an angel who's fighting to restore her lost power. I mean, I could see quite a lot of aiming in this, actually. Uh, although, I wonder if it auto-aims for you. Because it seems to be mostly focused on you doing the backflips and the cool shit. I think maybe the game might auto-aim for you. Which is interesting. 
Uh, next up is called Maui, but I can't find it. Okay. Oh, all right, that's interesting spelling. Oh, yeah, it's right there on Steam. Uh, yeah, on Ma Steam? Yeah, or, or every single game on the... Uh, by the way, I I probably shouldn't have to tell you this because we've been doing this for years, but I look up all these games on Steam and they all pop up every time. So every time. Instead of using Google, because Google will find you all sorts of random shit. Yeah. There you go. Uh, there's a guy here with a giant pig. He's carrying a huge pig. Uh, Maui is a free action adventure based on Hawaiian mythology. Features an okay. innovative stat grid that lets you switch stats on the fly, and one of the screenshots is a uh, Hawaiian dude carrying a giant pig. Uh, so that is Maui, it would seem. Great. Uh, next up is Hyper Devotion Noir Goddess Blackheart. Yeah. Yes, which is a chibi. It's a hyper game. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's a chibi style strategy role playing. So it's an SRPG tactics kind of uh, Fire Emblem ish kind of thing. Uh, in the Hyper Dimension uh, Neptunia, Neptunia series. Yes, yes, yes. Next. Next up is Caveman Worlds, Mountains of Ungabunga. That I'm so disappointed that that title did not produce a game that was fitting of such a great title. <laughs> this looks awful, yeah. yeah uh, it, it, I mean, it, it looks like a really bad version of Chuck Rock. Uh, but it, the main problem is they decided against all common sense to make it in 3D. And I can't distinguish the foreground from the background because it all looks like shitty Unity assets. Um, so... Who is Unga Bunga? That's I. You know what? I do not have any Great interest question. in finding out. Why is it that Unga Bunga sounds racist, even though cavemen don't exist anymore? I. I don't know. I don't know. It just. It seems like I shouldn't be saying that word. <laughs> right. uh, next. Next up on April twenty seventh, fragmented. Stranded in a hostile alien world, you must fight to survive, hunt, harvest, craft, advance skills, and build it again. Alright. Oh, yeah, survival game. But there's a fuck it has a fucking but tank in it. There's a tank in it. Graphically, this looks amazing. I looks bet it's great. not gonna be the graphics are great. It's it's obviously in real four, I think. It's not gonna be anywhere near as good as that, no doubt, but that looks beautiful. There's a fucking tank and you build like a space base and shit. And you don't have to play online. Oh, okay. Now I'm interested. So it's not just oh, some fucker can gank you and blow up your shit. All right. This may hey, maybe this is the first early access survival game I actually try and play because this kind of <laughs> looks pretty neat. I've got to admit. Mm. Next. Next up, Falling Stars: War of Empires. Mm, generic, generic, space generic. Uh, by the sounds of it, it's. Oh, ugh. oh dear. Alright, it looks... And actually, this looks alright. It's a fast-paced 4x strategy game, apparently. Command hundreds of ships in battle, uh, do political stuff. The ground battle stuff looks awful, but the space stuff looks okay. Um, they could have come up with maybe a better name that doesn't sound like every sci-fi game ever, though. Next. Next up is the East New World. It looks like it used to be... Or started off as an app game. It's a retro-inspired action platformer. Yay. Uh, it has those graphics that look very, like... Very mobile. App. Yeah. Yeah, def definitely looks like an app. Uh, no doubt about that. Whether or not it actually was, that's a different matter entirely. Google will tell me. It was, yes. Uh, reviewed in... It's actually quite a recent one. It was given a 4 out of 5 by Touch Arcade, but to, admittedly, to get a 4 out of 5 on Touch Arcade, you basically need to be able to load the game, and that's about <laughs> it. So, next. Next up, Wailing Heights. Wailing Heights. One is going to assume... Wailing Heights. This, is, this involves wolves. Uh, a body-hopping musical adventure game. This... 
Oh, the story's by the guy that did Hector Badge of Carnage, which was a pretty fun police comedy point-and-click game. Uh, Jesse, this looks like it might be up your alley. Like, have you seen the art style on this? Yeah, yeah, this looks great. Yeah. Oh, that looks pretty cool. What the hell it's about, but it looks cool. Well, there's your fun Friday sorted out. That's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's all about werewolves who play music, apparently, and stuff like that. It, oh, uh, the, some of the artists include the guy who uh, did Preacher, The Revenants, one of the Judge Dredd artists, and and the guy who did Hitman. That's cool. Mm. That looks interesting. Yeah, Wailing Heights. There you go. Next up is Townopolis. Uh, TB, guess what this game is? Um, I mean, it sounds like a management game, right? But I guess what we'll say Clicker! Clicker! Is it clicker. a clicker? It's a big fish game. No, it isn't. It is. It's published by Lonely Troops. What? But is but but it's on Big Fish. Is I mean, yeah, but it is on Big Fish just to buy or did they publish it? Because according to Steam it's published by Lonely Troops. No, weird. Huh. Well there you go. Uh I would not have predicted that as a big fish game one way or the other, because it does not look like one. Um <laughs> it as to whether or not it's a management game or, as Jesse said, a clicker, I don't know. But apparently there's certain scenarios you have to play through. So I assume it is actually a strategy, like, management game of some sort. It's just, mm. you never know these days. Oh, it was also released in 2008, so I'm not, I have no <laughs> idea why exactly it's coming out in 27 it's hours. It's gonna but... be great! Yeah, next! Next up is Pico Park, in all caps. Uh, how do you spell Pico, exactly? P-I-C-O. P-I-C-O. Pico Park in all caps. It is a cooperative local multiplayer puzzle game for two to ten players. Uh, it seems like you've got to stack up a bunch of colored cats in order to reach your goal. Yep. What I can tell. Depending on the amount of players, the, the key that you need in order to open the door, uh, the location changes. Yeah. It, it, oh, it's one of those games where your smartphone becomes your gamepad, by the way. So that's okay. how you can play with 10 people. And I love that technology, by the way. I think that's a great tech yeah. that should be used more. Uh, that's definitely a game I'd want to play on a television, though, not my computer. All right, next. Next up is called The Orphan Dreams. It's a mm. permadeath adventure game combined with RPG elements. The okay. art is, like, not great. But not I brilliant. That's very MS Paint, but yeah. It's hard to tell what the actual, like, what the game is like, you know? Yeah, the, the description of the game, it's like old school style gaming rules. No checkpoints, no retries, no mercy. I'm sorry, like, old school games had checkpoints. I remember them being in Sonic and various other things, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, two full chapters. Really? Okay, what does that mean? Um, fight with monsters and loot chests with random items. Eat, sleep, and explore the orphanage. Uh, yeah, this is not too... I, I don't understand for the most part. Like, it doesn't really explain itself very well, like you said. Yeah. Uh, the next game is called NORTH, in all caps. NORTH. NORTH! Um, you see, this is actually a problem, because unfortunately there are a lot of games with the word NORTH in them on Steam, <laughs> and finding this one... Oh, there it is, NORTH in all caps. Um... Oh, interesting. Uh, dealing with the issue of contemporary refugee crisis while at the same time being deeply rooted in classic cyberpunk atmosphere, North features a dark synth-pop soundtrack, a sprawling megacity, and weird monster-like inhabitants. What it doesn't do is tell you exactly what the fuck it is. Um, it's exploration and puzzles first person. It's a 20 to 40 minute game, very, very short. Uh, but it's supposed to, like, kind of, it, it, it's supposed to convey a message about the modern-day refugee crisis, but in a sort of cyberpunk setting via metaphor. 
um, which is interesting. Uh, since it's like 20, 40 minutes, I might end up playing that. But it seems like it's mostly kind of walking sim with a little bit of um, a little bit of puzzling. Mm. Next, uh, next game is called Emerge: Cities of the Apocalypse. I can't tell. This it appears this game's trying to be like three different games. I can't tell what is. There's a SimCity element, and there's also like a... There's a shooter element, side-scrolling. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't look too bad. Um, definitely looks quite complex. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's, it's got some kind of, like, team-based defense component to it, but it's also got the city building and management. You know, I've always liked the idea of um, post-apocalyptic city building. Uh, have you played Rebuild? Like, um, I think uh, on Steam there's a game called Rebuild 3, like, Gangs of the Dead or whatever. Uh, it's a really cool sort of survival city builder, choose your own adventure-ish kind of game where you choose like, I, I want to go and reclaim the school and I have to like fortify it and I've got to deal with like the different personalities of my survivors and stuff. That was pretty cool. It's also available on mobile. It's very good there too. Um, this game looks like it might be taking some inspiration from that, but it looks like it's got some weird like real-time combat elements too. So, I mean, it looks interesting. Yeah. Next. April 28th. Snooker Nation Championship. The word snooker always makes me think that it's a bad word. <laughs> it's because it, it's, it's not a real word. It's snooker. Snooker is the word. Snooker? Snooker. Ask, ask Strip That's what it is. Ask Strip if it's snooker or snooker. Because he'll tell you it's snooker. It sounds like it has to do with vaginas for I mean, snooky is where you're getting that from, probably. Maybe. Because you know, she is a giant vagina. Oh, you're thinking of snooky. Yes. Girl got that snooker. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Snoo snooker? Ugh, that just sounds... Not that there's anything snooker. wrong with vaginas, guys, but like well, snooker no. just sounds like a bad word. I was going to say, like, half of people have them, so they can't be that bad, right? Next. what That had nothing to do with what that game at all. We're sorry, all right. developers of snooker. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Secrets of Deep Earth Shrine. Secrets of I feel like we've had that on the list before. That sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, 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 that's the one that was kind of Terraria slash Spelunky uh, slash okay. SteamWorld dig kind of thing, yeah. Cool. Next up is Tale of Wuxia, W-U-X-I-A. W-U-X-I-A. Tale of Wuxia. I can't, the screenshots for this game are showing two different games. It has to be. Um, I don't think so. I mean, it's a, it looks like it's a Korean or Chinese game. But like the the avatars for some characters are like, totally. <laughs> I don't know. There's like no artistic like uh, thread through it. Yeah, about halfway through you get to like sort yeah, of TV-ish characters, and then the rest of it looks like a completely different drawing. In style, 3D, whatever. yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a mixture of like sort of Romance of the Three Kingdoms style, and then some weird sort of anime stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lack of thematic consistency between the two. I'm not really sure what's going on with that. The actual game itself. Um, is a role-playing game, apparently, or some mm -hmm. description. <laughs> the oh, I love this feature. Number six: the number of girls a character can have relationship with has been increased to more than ten. Thank God. Thank God. That was just you know nine, just not enough. I was Never worried. Enough. I'm very concerned. Next. Uh, the next one isn't a game. It's um, it's called Big Screen Beta. And it's a VR thing that allows yeah. you to see your friend's desktop. If you look at the screenshots, it's... Yeah, it, it's another... Because there's already something like this um, called um, Virtual Desktop. It, it, people are developing different versions of it. But yeah, you can do this with your friends. So 
as weird as this sounds, I think there's actually some legitimacy in this software, uh, especially when you use it to watch movies, because it creates a kind of virtual big screen. And then right. you you log into it with your friends and you see kind of this weird disembodied head next to you. You can also use it to do split screen gaming and you can look to the side and the dude's actually there next to you. That's kind of doing cool. virtual. Yeah, I think, there's, uh, I think there's applications for watching movies together, split screen gaming, co-op, and uh, like watching esports tournaments and stuff. Like right. I know there's there's some tech being developed that is gonna you're gonna be in like a virtual crowd and you can see all the different players and everything. I think that potentially that could be really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm gonna check the beta out for this because I'm intrigued to see where this is gonna go. Apparently, you can even emulate an IMAX screen, which is pretty neat. And you cool. can have up to four of your friends kind of in there, and it's got positional audio chat. So you can literally all get in VR if you're in different places in the country. I know that sounds kind of sad, but for me, who lives in North Carolina, not next to like any of you or anything like that, I don't get to see you guys that we often. We all hang out in the same This room. would not be awful. This would be great for playing a board and game. Watch kazoo videos. No, we're no, not watching the fucking yeah. kazoo video. <laughs> Fuck, Jesus. Uh, all right, next. next up is called Neon Chrome. Uh, yeah. Looks kind of like, I could be wrong. It looks kind of like Neon Hotline Miami. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what it looks like. Hotline Miami was already pretty neon. Yeah, it's, well, it's, looks, it's a, it's apparently neon. it's a top-down cyberpunk shooter with RPG elements, because of course it does. Um, apparently you can blow through walls with your guns and the cyber abilities and things. Yeah. The presentation I'm not 100% sold on. You know, also releasing a, a kind of shooter, a roguelite right now when Gungeon is still around is probably a terrible idea, but hey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What can you do? The next game is called Niflheim. Oh fucking hell! That's a spelling and a half, isn't it? Uh, I mean, that's gonna is that, be. Is it Vikings? Nordic. Is it a Vikings? It yeah, it's definitely Nordic. Yeah. You build, you battle monsters, build castles, explore dungeons, conquer enemy lands. This actually looks cool. Have you seen it? It's it's got like a Viking yeah. kind of survival Terraria thingy, like you said, where you build castles. It looks a bit like Kingdom actually. Uh, but it's got a lot more detail to it. Um, it is entering early access, so I'd rather wait for it to come out proper. But it actually looks pretty cool. It's also got PvP and co-op, by the way. Yes. Next up is called Decisive Campaigns Barbarossa. Uh, that's definitely a war game. And yeah, it's, it is a war game. Yes, uh, oof, very in-depth by the looks of it. Not touching that. I'm too much of an idiot to command armies. That's why they don't let me do it. Next. <laughs> well, maybe you'll enjoy Avalon Lords. Dawn Rises. Build great freeform cities and raise powerful armies to defeat your enemies. <laughs> this also looks very complicated. My god. Mm -hmm. it, it looks a bit like Total War Cross with Banish, doesn't it? Yeah. Again, early access, unfortunately. So, not 100% sure if that's going to be any good. Um, I mean, it doesn't look too bad. It's got like... I love things with Siege Warfare and shit, but I'm just... I'm very gun-shy about Siege Warfare games ever since um, Stronghold kept fucking up every time they released. So I don't know whether or not it's going to be any good. We'll see. Well, what about Bunny Bash? A game where you hop around in a three-dimensional space and crush your bunny friends. What is with all these complicated games? Yeah, I mean, that's... Jesus Christ. What? This Hearts of Iron 4? I mean, why would you do that? I just, oh my god. All released at the same time. It's like Bunny Bash is a epic grand strategy game uh, <laughs> traversing 500 years of Arabic history. By the looks <laughs> of it, this is quite quite amusing. Uh, play as the Caliphate. Uh, oh, okay. Mm, maybe not. No, Bunny Bash is actually some weird fucking platform where you flatten bunnies and there's blood everywhere. You hop yeah. on. Your you hop on bunnies and they bunnies. die. And they yep. die. 
It's basically water shipped out. Mm-hmm. Horrific. Uh, Next. On April 29th, we have Sins of the Demon. Ooh. Oh, that Ooh. thing. Yeah, I think we've seen this before. This is Sins of the Boobies. Um, uh, uh, it, yeah, it, it had, remember that was the one where the um, the Lust Demon was a fucking... Yes, uh, the, Passion uh, fruit. Yeah. Pomegranate. Pomegranate. Yeah, and then we literally found out it was just an RPG maker game. Basically, after seeing that, yeah, that's weird. Okay, next. Back in 1995, a throwback to the survival horror and mystery games of the PlayStation. It looks like it. Yeah, faithfully uh, recreates everything from the sure forgotten era of games. But it straight up looks like it. Yeah. It has a really annoying interlacing effect. The way it looks like it was on a really old tube TV, which. I do not recall PlayStation games looking like that, I have to admit. But it does look wow. like Alone in the Dark. It won the Tokyo Game Show 2015 Spark Award. Damn. That, I mean, that actually is justifiable to check it out then. Because Tokyo Game yeah. Show don't actually give awards out to just anybody. That's maybe... Apparently it is, like, super old school and everything. I mean, it's an intriguing idea. I just don't like the interlaced graphics. I think they look really, really awful and well, don't in, actually in remind me of PlayStation at all. For it, they, it isn't interlaced. So really? It's just the screenshots. Maybe it's an yeah. optional filter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that do that looks exactly like a fucking PlayStation 1 game. Like, it looks like Alone in the Dark. Um, I mean, I'd say it looks like Resident Evil, but it actually looks worse than that. It, it looks like Alone in the Dark 1, 2, 3, 3. It looks like it's very slow, fixed camera perspective. It's... I've always found it interesting that we have so many retro-inspired games, and they're mostly like NES or SNES era, and they're not like PlayStation 1 era stuff. I guess it's because right. PS1 games look terrible. That might have something to do with it. Uh, next game is Portal Stories Mel, but the VR version, which is probably going to be pretty cool. I really liked Portal Stories Mel. Yeah, I wonder how uh, motion sickness-inducing that is, actually. Because, yeah, uh, again, a first-person shooter... You know, and you're not in a cockpit or anything. You're gonna have to yeah. get one of those bikes. The company, yeah. the company involved in those bikes actually contacted me. By the way, after the, we spoke last week, really? um, you, uh, Jesse, you might want to talk to them because they may be willing to give you one. Dude, they sent me one. I have. Oh, one. you have one? What? You I didn't tell one. us that. You don't. The they thing is, you don't have a vibe, do you? No, I have. I they, no, no. They sent me one. I've yet to unpack it. They sent me one. Uh, it is, it, it, I have an Oculus with it. Oh. I'm gonna use it this week. I'm jumping Oh my on god. This. Film a now. fucking video. I wanna see you bike through a game. <laughs> I wanna, just yeah, do it, it's do happening. it. It's happening, it's happening. It's I, I think happening. I refuse based on the fact that I don't have the space in my office for it, but. I have the space. I got nothing in my house. There's zero in my house except for this now. Oh I'm my so god. Excited. This is gonna be interesting. People like, FPS works perfectly in Vive, only if it has actual room scale movement. If it doesn't, if you're sitting down, you will find motion sickness will come to you quickly. Trust me. Been there, done that. Uh, next. Next up is the VR version of Cyberpong. Uh, yeah, I actually looked at that. It looks, it looks good. For, it's uh, mostly for Vive. Again, you use the, you know, you use your thing yeah. as a paddle. It's basically tennis for all intents and purposes, but in a kind of Tron-like world. And you're protecting your car. Like, if you miss, your car blows up. It's like, fuck. Yeah, it's dumb miss. <laughs> Yeah. Those are expensive. I mean, I actually might get that because I, I was looking for maybe a kind of tennis-ish sort of game just, mm -hmm. just for fun. So that one looks like it might be quite cool. Perfect. Next up is Caretaker Sacrifice. Those are not two words that I would put together usually. Uh, the stars are going out. Nobody knows why. Well, that's shit. 
Uh, an elite military team is set on a mission into the cosmos to discover the reason why you are the lone survivor. Uh, you have to find out. It's a sort of um, odd... The plot, the plot looks cool. The graphics and like the screenshots do not demonstrate that plot to me at all. They do not. Um, it it's a six degrees of freedom game, all right? Of which of which there are a couple of them. So it's kind of descent like. It's also voiced by some guy from Stargate Atlantis, Rise of the Planet oh, of the Apes, nice, and and the yes. Cube. So there you Perfect. go. That's interesting. It was Dr. Rodney McKay. I love Dr. Rodney McKay. There you oh, go. That's one of the best characters. I'll, I'm playing it. All right, I'm cool. You got it. <laughs> They Next. Got me. Voice Next up is Stealth Labyrinth, which uh, looks like a first-person shooter where you're inside of a labyrinth. It's like and being stealthy. Game. One assumes. Game. Yeah, I assume trying to be stealthy. Yeah. It, Not, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it night, looks a night little vision with the green and all that. Dated, I have to say, unfortunately. Oh god, it's got Oculus support. Fuck that. There's again motion sickness yeah. simulator. Uh, <laughs> Next. Next up is Mind Unleashed. Mind Unleashed. It Ooh, this is, is another VR game. Not, um, yeah. Oh, interesting. They've put kind of a, a HUD sort of helmet thing on. I assume to try and reduce the nausea effect on this. If this is actually, yeah, it's a Vive. It's for Vive and Oculus Rift. Oh, I think you're in a mech, uh, which would actually help definitely. Sick. Yeah. Um. All right. You uh, are uh, a robot. You're yeah. a robot trying to escape. Hmm. Uh. Okay. I'll. I might check that out. We'll see. It looks it looks a little dated, I have to admit, especially with VR. But I might I might give it give that a try. See how that works out. Next, next is called Elite vs Freedom. It's another first person shooter. In the near future, the Earth is controlled by a global government. Few dare to resist the neo feudalistic, corporatist police state. That's yep. a fucking yep. line. Yep. Wow, neo feudalistic, corporatist police state. I can't even barely mm. say that. I do like a neo neo feudalistic is a really cool word. It's a it's a third person cover based shooter by the looks of it. Um, single and co op, and then there's weird cutscenes which involve a man with barely any clothes on being Perfect. attacked by a woman in a mask. It does have a bazooka with toxin spray and a sniper ri sniper rifle with a mace club, which I don't know how that works, but okay, there's a thing. The next game is called Bebo. B-I-B-O-U. And it looks like one of those games where, like, it looks so happy that I'm waiting for it to turn real dark and terrible. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It looks Weirdly like the sort of enough. game where yeah. suddenly everything turned to blood, right? It's entirely mm -hmm. possible, yeah. So it's otherwise a platformer retro-inspired again. Mm. Next. Next up is Melting Hearts. Our love will grow, too. It's a farming game. He's not wrong. <laughs> Ancient farming secrets must now be unlocked as you're forced to learn crops in winter and make friends and enemies in an equally icy social climate. The going to take over the farm and everyone in the town has to join together, but it's winter. How can you save a farm during winter? Uh... A yeti. <laughs> Well, yeti would that, do it. That's a feature. Next. A yeti. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next up is called Puzzle Galaxies. I bet it's a puzzle game set in the galaxy. Groundbreaking puzzle game, apparently. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't think the words groundbreaking puzzle game and similar to Bejeweled and Candy Crush should probably be in the same sentence. Uh, yes, yes, you yes. must mash jewels in a space station. There is a twist. There are enemies that will come by and try and take matching jewels on you. I don't think that's the word you were looking for there, but... From... From, I'm Probably gonna go with from. from yes, it's 
Yeah. Mm, I mean, I, I do like my match threes. I can't say that this one particularly gets me going, but hey, never mind. Next. Next up is called Nero. Nothing ever remains obscure. Does it? Oh. This is a first-person puzzle game? Oh my god, this is gorgeous. Have you looked yeah, at the screenshots fantastic. for this? Holy fuck. Uh, I'm the trailer right now. That it's... is beautiful. Their outfits are very Tron-esque. It's great. Oh, is the name of the studio Storm in a Teacup? That's adorable. It's got a little teacup and there's a storm in it. Yeah, so it's like a first... Mm. Oh my god. Well, that ending of that trailer came out of nowhere. That's... Yeah, it's... it's very. It, it looks... Mostly seems like a walking simulator, but it has some puzzle games in it as well. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But the fucking visuals in this thing are, are gorgeous. Mm. Wow, I get a lot of neon. Apparently today is neon day. The uh -huh. trees are what get me. You see those fucking the blue trees? Wait to the end. The... Wait to the end. Wait. Go. To all the right, end. I'm skim to the end. Skim to the end. Skim to the end. You know, Remember again, you can check out all of these games on uh, on Steam if you wish. Uh, at the end, that's a that's a jellyfish. The moon was a giant jellyfish. The entire time. Yep. Nothing ever remains obscure. Nothing okay. remains obscure. The next there you go. Game is called Mr. Nibbles Forever. I don't. I don't what? care. <laughs> I don't care. This game looks like it's a flash game. Mr. Nibbles is a wonderful, wonderful character. <laughs> look at this. Look at Mr. Nibbles. It's a fucking hamster. Oh, it's so a guinea pig. Creepy. It's a guinea pig. He wears different outfits too. One of them is a neon cat outfit he's in a rock it's a hamster it's actually a hamster yeah it's an endless runner hamster which is what we all truly needed really we needed this i agree there you go society needed this next next up is called zombilly zombilly eh that actually is not coming up on steam weirdly enough no that's 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 a first. Uh, where where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, oh, it's because it's spelled in a weird way. Okay, that explains it. Zombilly, help Zombilly reach the legendary meat farm. Ooh. A long road ahead. Complex ninety levels of puzzles and traps, and you are a zombie. One assumes called Billy. It is the legendary meat farm. I think we were at the legendary meat farm for dinner a few nights ago, actually. That's, we call uh, it Fogo de Chao. It's, that's the legendary meat farm. True facts. Uh, next up is called Police Infinity. Police Infinity. That's a nightmare and a half, isn't it? Uh, da -da 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 -da, Police Infinity is... Uh, First-person shooter. Uh, again. It uses terms like less casualized features, which I'm pretty sure is not a real word. Um, it's an early access game. I I hope it's kind of like SWAT, but it honestly doesn't look like it. Like I don't recall like SWAT using MP40s, for instance. It's like that's a World War II gun. It's it it actually looks very basic, sort of uh, multiplayer shooter that's going to early access. The UI looks god awful on it, um, but yeah, it's some kind of hardcore. First person shooter multiplayer. Oh. Next up is called Hashtag Kill All Zombies, which is a horde game. Um, but it looks like it has Twitch interaction capability, so your chat can like dynamically change. Dynamically fuck with you. Yeah. Yeah. With that your game. About right. Um, April 30th, we have Logic Missile. Something which a lot of people need fired at them on a regular basis, I think. Uh, action, action puzzle platformer. Uh, you must reach the central core and launch the missile. It looks like... Oh, God, that looks like a ZX Spectrum game. Next. 
Next up is called City Z. It's another zombie. You game. know, Logic Missile is in early access. By early access, they mean we haven't done any of the graphics yet because that's what it looks like. Next, uh, sorry, what, what was it? Uh, City Z, yes, yes, City sorry. Z. Sorry, zombie. games that look this awful generally make me pretty mad. Uh, the virus something. The virus appeared six months ago. Everyone fucking died. It's a it zombie really... game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up is Anisha Elemental Arena. Wow, this looks very much like uh, the Unspoken game that I had played. Oh yeah, it's, it's a first-person kind of wizardy game. Mm -hmm. First-person magic mechanics of Skyrim. I don't know why I'd want to get the magic mechanics of Skyrim because they weren't actually that good. But it looks like it's like hands, hands, two hands kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't doubt that that might be cool. I'm just not sure why you'd want to market it that way. But I guess a lot of people liked Skyrim. I just wasn't one of them. All right, next. Oh my god, this next game is my shit. It's called Oz Mafia with two exclamation points at the end. The visual novel, is it? Fuck Once out. upon a time, a girl, her pet dog, and three companions made a journey yeah. to meet a great wizard who could grant their wishes. But what if the girl hadn't believed that there's no place like home? Like, it's just, uh, yeah. it's pretty boys and it's like a Oz parody <laughs> visual novel. I'm in. I'm into okay. it. Wait, wait. <laughs> what? So basically, the conceit of this story is that if if Dorothy, Toto, her three companions, on the way to see the wizard, decided to make, like, yeah, dude, we did Mafia. We so cool. And <laughs> they in fashionable outfits and, like, just chilled out with the munchkins. God, I hope so. I hope that that's what this game is. Is that this? Like, we're so cool. I we hope so. Dude. Fuck. Um, next. <laughs> next up is called Secret of the Royal Throne. Can I use my powers here? Sure. Because that name sounds like it might be a hidden object game. Is it? Is a it? Hidden object game? Is I don't it? Know. I uh, no. Someone search. I'm still holding my hand out. I can't type. It, my hand's getting tired. It looks like it. Well, is it? it looks like you might be right. Hidden object adventure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Still, right. still got it. Still fresh. All right. <laughs> you can tell by the names; they're always so generic. All right. Uh, next up is Cubium Dreams, an atmospheric first-person puzzle game with horror elements. Of course, with horror elements. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what you have in your atmospheric first-person puzzle game, right? When I'm solving puzzles, <laughs> the last thing I need is horror. Yeah, it's like puzzles, puzzles, puzzles. Blood from the ceiling. Right. Yay! All right. Next up is called Selenon Rising. How the fuck do you spell that? Oh, yes, okay. Sel Selenon Rising. Uh, can we have a ban on using the word rising in games titles? Please. No. Name a good game that had the word rising in it. Uh, I'm looking one up right now. <laughs> what about... Uh, hold on. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Dead Rising. Okay, cool. I'll give you that. Yeah. That's allowed. It everyone, yeah. everything else is banned. Everything else is banned. Uh, an all-powerful race uh, has conquered the earth, and you work for them. Okay. As Violet, a psychic agent who can read emotions, you must solve crimes in order to discover the truth that could potentially save or destroy the human race. Uh, yeah, there's um, it, it seems a little Phoenix, right? You can question, present, object, and they have like different emotions, and I think you're supposed to like convince people to tell you the truth and everything. That might be interesting for you, Dodger. Like, it looks like it's kind of part visual novel, part detective. So it seems like cool. it might be right up your alley. I'm into that. Cool. Uh, next game is called State of Anarchy. 
State of Anarchy. It's definitely a different art style. Uh, than yeah, what it's like to. it's like a very sketchy notepad almost. Yeah, uh, yeah, it looks like it was drawn on like a child's notebook or whatever. Um, yeah, that's like the second game that looked like that. What was the other one that was like? I can't remember the guy. Uh, the guy who made um, Metal Metal No uh, Twisted Metal is making one. I think oh, David Jaff. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what that was, but yeah, this this looks like this literally looks like a Grand Theft Auto drawn in pen. Uh, which is a neat idea, because I haven't seen too many games that look like that. Apparently it won the Global Game Jam 2015. It used to be a Game Jam game, and now they've developed it into a full game uh, by a fellow called Andrew Jr. Um, that looks pretty neat, actually. Yeah, State of Anarchy. Next up is called Abandoned Night. I'm watching the trailer right now. It looks like a dungeon crawler. Uh, abandoned Night. So uh, it's Abandoned Night in terms of K. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we this 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 was on the release this last week. I guess it got pushed a week. Yeah. This was the one that oh, looks it? like it has maybe one of the worst art styles I've ever seen in a video game. Um, it looks really terrible. I'm gonna be honest. Like it, I I don't like judging books by the cover. That's a lie. I love judging books by the cover. You do. And this yeah. this cover is made of uh, deceased human flesh. Uh, next. Yeah. All right. Midsummer Night is the next game. That's another night, is it? RPG uh, Maker. I guess. Mm, you know, yeah, yeah. This this was also on the releases last week. Again, they must have pushed this. Uh, yeah, it's it looks like it's made up. It's the it's the one with the, the guy who doesn't have any legs by the looks of it. For some reason, it looks like it was made in RPG Maker. Next. Next up is Twenty Eight Waves Later, which was on uh, the list last yeah. week too. Yeah, that's uh, weird. All these games got pushed for whatever reason. Yeah. Next one is called The Temporal Invasion. And that is the last one, indeed. Well, I like something that involves time travel. But it, do I want to feel like a real puzzle solver and explorer? Do I feel like no. a real puzzle solver, TB? Don't you love No, I don't. I really, really don't. However, I will say apparently it's based on alt history, murder history, X-Files, and science fiction. Apparently. Yeah. You're free to use any available resource to use. It was designed to be used with the internet in mind. So they've designed the puzzles knowing you can look shit up on the internet and you're apparently supposed to. So it's a, you know, kind of sort of treasure hunt, I suppose. Oh, that's that seems kind of neat oh, yeah a oh. niche certainly but neat and that's it and that way overran holy fuck we need to start a lot more time for this section but there I you know. go we i said that for like a year year and a half we used to just blitz through them and now we actually take time to discuss them that's the problem so we need to be less considerate to the developers all right or we could yeah. just a lot time we need properly. to stop actually discussing their games no, we need to just blitz through them. So, there you go. Mm -hmm. Right, that pretty much is it. Thank you very much for watching the Crossfield Podcast today. Uh, there is, of course, more PAX coverage coming out, certainly from me. But, Jesse, have you got any more Indie Weekend videos on the way? Or? Uh, the last one was today. And okay. then uh, next time I vanish for a weekend, we'll do more. But, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of Indie games that I played that are up on the channel now. So, go check those out. Um and uh we're gonna get back into the to the meat to the real meat of the, getting the legendary meat foam yes to get to get some damn let's plays finished so i can <laughs> move on baby <laughs> yeah Bye. instead of promoting great indie games let's have part 397 of the witcher that'll be great yes 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 definitely God willing, I'll get there one day. <laughs> You'll never finish that game. It's never going to happen. No, also, don't say that. Don't put that juju on him. It's also, 
Also, oh, thank really? you, chat. We now understand there are a lot of good games with rising in the title. I still think we should ban the word rising in the title. All right, Dodger, what's going on with the channel this week? What's going on? Uh, finishing up Hustle Cat with Octopimp. I'm so nice. glad everybody's been loving that game. It's one of those. It's one of those visual novels slash dating sims where you're like, I know exactly what this of game is. Of course it be. is. And then yeah. at a certain point, it gets weird, and I'm into that. Right. Um, yeah. So doing that, uh, coming back to doing streams and things. So. Yep. Yeah, also have a, a pretty cool secret announcement happening at the end of the week, so keep an eye out for that. Oh, oh secret announcement! <laughs> mm, there you go. Uh, I have a shitload of videos coming. I'm putting to, I'm going to commentate a few more tonight, most likely, and then try to blitz as many as I can tomorrow. I am going to Houston this weekend. I won't be gone too long. I have to literally go and officiate a wedding. I'm deadly serious. I have no idea how I'm going to do that, but I'm yeah! going to do that anyway. Yeah, so I will be, I'll will be. i be back after the weekend, and then I'm going to Austin next weekend. I don't know why I didn't Ooh. just stay in Texas, but um, I've, I've got a ton of videos to do. Um, I Let me tell you what which ones I've actually got uh, footage of. Uh, so I think I... If I could, it won't let me bring it up and show you the footage. Damn it! Anyway, whatever. I, I I've got all a bunch of stuff. It's all good. Trust me. The only video I will not be able to put out in time is unfortunately Metronomicon because the capture was silent, which sucks. because uh, that is literally a rhythm game, so we can't really do that. So I'm gonna ask them to get me another build. I actually had the high score in uh, Metronomicon. I was very proud of myself. Uh, that is a dancing RPG in which you dance the enemies to death. Um, I will I'll get more footage for that, but I've got a ton of videos coming over the next few days that are all gonna hopefully be pretty great. And when I come back, I'll finish them. And outside of that, uh, I think after this, I'm just gonna stick around and finish the pack opening because I have 150 more packs to open. So I'm just gonna not leave the stream. I'm gonna finish it. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking finish it so you guys won't pester me. So uh, we will not be disconnecting the stream after the show. I'm gonna open the rest of those packs, craft some decks, and see if I've got time to do anything else. But thank you very much for watching the podcast. And of course, thanks to our guests, Jesse and Dodger, who are now in the wrong place because they disconnected. Yay! Earlier. I'm yeah. Jesse Cox. You had, yep. yep. I like cats. Yeah, there it is. I have a luxurious beard. It's invisible. Thanks for watching the podcast. Watch my anime podcast later or whatever it is. Watch Jesse's Let's Play of Asgo Academy, the dating game featuring JonTron, Peanut Butter Gamer, and more. I can't wait to play that game! There you go. Uh, oh my god, can we play that? Can I play that with you on your stream so I can just make the voices of everyone we know? <laughs> That'd be amazing! There you go. The, we've just created a collab. Wonderful. Thank you very much for watching the show, folks. And we will see you next week. And I'll probably have a guest at that, that point if I can find one. But thank you for watching. See you next time. I'm going to be back in a few minutes opening the rest of the packs. Goodbye. Bye.